Hello, it is Coach Us Up Chuck Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. Chuck Pagano joins us, Jet Passon joins us, AJ Hawk joins us, Ian Rappaport joins us from the league meetings. I mean, there's a lot going on. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If you like this show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. You all are the absolute greatest humans of all time for, you know, allowing us dumbasses to partake in your afternoons every Monday through Friday. We have a big announcement coming. Um, it's, it's awesome. It's crazy. It'll be in a few weeks, and we can't thank everybody enough. I just, just want to make sure I say that. And whenever you see the announcement, whenever it breaks via us, I assume, because I am uh, not great at things. There's some things that have to get uh, tidied up. Sure. Dots sure. mice. Cross some T's. Mm -hmm. Sign some names. Sure. Read through some... uh, Are you trying to fuck me right here? Hmm. A lot of that. Uh There's going to be a little bit of that. Right. But when it comes, just know that we... You're the fucking greatest humans of all time. Anyways, let's get to this sports show today. There's a lot of news coming out of the uh, owners' meetings happening currently. We will have Ian Rappaport join us today as opposed to tomorrow, his normal slot, because he is actually at the owners' meetings where a lot of shit is popping off right now. I mean, there's a lot of conversations. There's about protesting. There's stories. There's investigations. There's Roger Goodell appearing to not be the greatest speaker I've ever seen in my life because it feels like... He is potentially feeling a little bit more heat with how serious all this stuff is. He's stumbling, saying things that people are saying is a lie. He's saying it isn't a lie, and it's only just beginning. It feels like there's going to become a kaboom at some point with the NFL. Ian Rapport's right in the middle of all of it. I can't wait to chat with him. We do know that he is an employee of the NFL, and he works for NFL.com and NFL Network. So whenever we talk to him, we will take his information, uh, information as such. But it'll be nice to have some boots on the ground over there, and we can't thank Ian for joining us enough. And in the second hour, jet passing. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we're gassing the up jet. the jet. It's the return of the jet. We're gassing up the jet because the World Series is happening. And obviously, I knew that yesterday before I was told that the World Series mm-hmm. was starting yesterday because I knew that this Atlanta Braves team could hit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good squad. Hey, they got good bats over there. Good wood on the Atlanta Braves. Now, mm-hmm. on the flip side, Houston Astros at home last night, late neck. All right? Mm-hmm. First hit, home run. See you later. How yeah. you doing? Keep it moving. Jeez. We'll talk jet passing about why it matters. I did not know the thing was starting yesterday. I uh, I tried to watch it. It was only the third inning at 9.54 p.m. What the fuck are we doing over there? Uh, it is a great time to be a baseball fan, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Best time to be a baseball fan. One of the storylines, guy yet last night pitched with a broken leg. Chuck Incredibly Ryan. impressive, no matter how boring the sport is to watch during a regular season. World Series is electrifying. Incredible story about a guy breaking his leg in the game, still pitching, winning. Jet passing has all the inside information about what we should be looking for and who's going to win. Mm. Because I do love the fact that the Braves won by more than one and a half runs last night. Mm-hmm. I will say that is fantastic. Shout out to Gump, by the way. Hammered Shout down. Out baby Gump. Shout out to Gump and uh, Tone Diggs, obviously. Hammered down boys giving us the baseball bets so we can make money off sports we don't watch. Just like soccer. Speaking of sports we don't watch, basketball is happening. Mm. I oh, guess yeah. we'll probably talk about that at some point. Eh. Russell Westbrook's playing good. I don't know. And then uh, AJ Hawk and Chuck Pagano. It's a great day to have a great day. We can't thank you enough. We hope to have your phone calls at one eight three three four McAfee on the five hour energy phone line. The boys are here at the toxic table at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Ty, let's start with you. Some football news. Mm-hmm. Although Devontae Adams has already basically been ruled out of this Thursday night matchup tomorrow night. That is prime time premier football. Cardinals pack. How you doing? Keep it moving. This is game of the year thus far. Devontae Adams out, Joe Barry out, 
And now Alan Lazard at all because Uncle COVID is running a train through Lambo. What the fuck is going on? This is not good news, Todd. Yeah, I don't know. That one hurts because the Devante one was like, you know, obviously huge news, but it, it seemed like they that this kind of just like slipped under the rug. Like we didn't really hear all day if there were going to be multiple other guys in the receivers room that were going to get it. I mean, Shefty alluded to it on Monday Night Football at halftime, but I hadn't really heard anything else, so I kind of just assumed they were going to have their uh, their full stable. But that, I mean, he does a lot. He's big in the run game, too. He's a great blocker. But I said before we came on air, I still feel like the Packers are going to win this game. It does feel like one of those games where Aaron could potentially do something magical. And yeah. this could be a game with all the players out for Green Bay that are very important. Uh, and players coming back for the Cardinals off of the COVID list, like Chandler Jones coming back. Yeah. Huge. Game changer. I mean, that is huge. So is this a game where the Cardinals, even though you would assume that with J.J. Watt, the guy who, you know, he plays a busted nose. Yeah, maybe we're just better. Hey, maybe we're just better. I watched him turn an entire city upside fucking down when he scored a touchdown against us on a prime tight. I mean, he was (laughs) turned down for what was playing in Houston. And not only is he on every single page of the program Uh down there, which he is, Mm -hmm. every commercial on the Jumbotron, then he was on offense, defense. I think he was even on special teams at one point. And turned down for what came on where he either had a fumble recovery, an interception, a fucking touchdown, whatever it could have been, whatever J.J. Watt has done. He's standing on the bleachers going like this with that. And the whole crowd crowd is singing along i'm like god damn this guy's like a maestro i don't know if jj watt has it in him to have a letdown game potentially because the other team doesn't have their full arsenal but this is certainly a game that in years past this young cardinals team would potentially take their foot off the gas i only know that because i have bet alongside this Cardinals team ever since I seen Kyler Murray hit a little stop and go and score a touchdown around a professional athlete. I was like, okay, that's a guy that is unstoppable. Then he has Hopkins on the team and it was electrifying on defense. So I just bet alongside them. It was a heartbreaking year because some games they would show up some games they would they would not. It would just be a completely different squad. Talk to Kyler Murray after the season. He said, we got to be more consistent every single day. we got to be consistent in our work and our process, blah, blah, blah. They acknowledge it. It seems like they've turned a corner. Yeah. And they could. Hey, if that buzzsaw gets going tomorrow night with the lack of Devontae and now Lazard. And if that. Very banged up in the secondary, too. And mm-hmm. with the Cardinals, potentially the way they can score, how they can score, the defense, how they can, you know, create turnovers. And, and not that the Green Bay Packers are, but that, that, that could get. Or I could see it being like a Packers game where they somehow make this a win yeah. and Aaron Rodgers somehow does. He's gonna, you're going to end up getting like seven, eight points by the time this thing kicks off. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers in seven and a touchdown going into anywhere, you would think. I'm betting on Aaron Rodgers no matter what. And I think that's how people are viewing it, though, is this Cardinals team could be at the maturity level that they are like, hey, it doesn't matter who we're playing, how we're playing, what's on the team, what isn't on the team. We got a ball. And, I mean, it's a big test tomorrow night. This is a massive game on the schedule. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, they they have been consistent thus far. You know, I mean, notwithstanding cover, like they've they've only had a couple games where it was like, okay, they could lose this. But outside of that, they've been pedal to the metal pretty much. But – also, I mean, I do think they're going to win, but it is kind of easier going in. Not that you have like a, a built-in excuse because all these guys are expecting to win anyway, but it's like the offense is going to look much. You know, if they do go out and they lose, it's like okay, well, you had you know two of your your top receivers weren't playing, so and hopefully that's not going to happen again for the rest of the season. A big conversation about tomorrow is uh, what's the risk 
free same game parlay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been thinking about it. Oh, yeah. We've been keeping an eye on where COVID's been bouncing around in Lambo, too. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because maybe Devontae was definitely going to be a part of the same game parlay. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. He would have scored. Most likely. Definitely. Yeah. Now do we think, oh, Randall Cobb. Oh, Aaron and Randall, uh, pretty pretty tight. Yeah, on the same page a lot. That's Both right. just said they still got a bag of tricks they haven't unveiled yet. So. Look, look for Randall. Is that going to end up on the risk free same game parlay? Oh, whoa, possibility. Wow. Aaron Jones probably going to have to have a big game. Oh, so mm-hmm. he's probably going to score. He might find his way After. in there. Oh, and then hey. you go on the other side. D Hop's going to score, right? Yeah, D Hop's going to score. And then we got to figure out who else. Will Ertz make it two for two? Mm-hmm. You think Ertz is going to find the end zone? I'd, I'd assume you there's could. a chance. So what I'm saying is I think tomorrow's game is setting up nicely for how we go about doing risk-free same-game parlays. Now, the council will meet tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. And we do hope that the NFL has announced completely who is in and who is at yes. right. by the time the council meets because that was something that almost came into play last week, even though we didn't hit a single leg. There was somebody that was going to be – which I don't know if if that's more impressive. I, so. I don't I don't know if it's more impressive to hit zero than than having like four out of five, which Very has happened a couple of times. Having zero hit, what? But there was somebody who was going to potentially be on there that we took off last minute that ended up being ruled out of the game, and it was like okay, kind of got the football gods going in our yep. favor. Because what happens if we do that, and then all of a sudden they're ruled out by the game? What do we do with the risk free same game parlay? What will Fanduel do? What will we do? How will we get around that? Or is that thing just null and void and we got to push back another week? Because I don't want that because it's time for this thing to hit. It's time for the risk-free same-game parlay to make a lot of hay for a lot of people that are on the sport. I don't know how many states have FanDuel right now. I think it's seven, maybe eight. It's growing, I think, by the week. Uh Some people know, I think, more than other people about when the states will be getting on board. So I think that's good news because if we don't know, but maybe there is some conversations happening somewhere about states going on, that means they're probably close and they could drop overnight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of handshaking. How you doing? Keep it moving. But this Thursday night football game with the Packers traveling into Arizona with how the bird gang's playing and the Red Sea will be cheering and how electrifying all of Phoenix will be. Yeah. It's setting up very well for our same game parlay, and I, it's going to be an honor when this is the first one that hits. Yeah. It's going to be an absolute oh, honor yeah. when this thing hits because once one hits, guess what? Then we're just taking the lid off. Yeah, Boom. that's right. Boom, then the bucket's a lot wider. Mm-hmm. Switch. The hole on the green's a little bit wider. Right. All of a sudden, those putts that are four out of five, four out of five, three out of four, rim and out, rim job city, nah, nah, nah. Those ones, guess what? <whistles> Falling in yeah. the bucket. How you doing? Keep it moving to the next one. And that's why I'm excited for tomorrow night. Uh, at Boston Connor, you've been trying to shoehorn Mac Jones into the conversation. Of course. Uh, for the last few days. <laughs> yeah. We actually had a top five graphic of quarterbacks in their receiving yards and touchdowns yeah. and everything, or, or passing yards and touchdowns. Yeah. And you were uh, complaining loudly mm-hmm. about how could we please make this a completion percentage graphic top five in the NFL because Mac Jones is going to be up. Yeah, it's important to say. So Mac Jones is balling, got the Chargers this weekend. You have said openly out there, Mm -hmm. biggest game he's ever seen. That's right. Why is this game so big between the Patriots and the Chargers? Well, because this is the first game that if we do win, you can finally consider the Patriots a real team. I mean, we've only beaten the Jets and the Texans. Who gives a shit? We've been close to beating the the Broncos. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We've been close to beating good teams, and we've 
just lost, so who cares? And if we end up beating the Chargers off a bye after they look pretty bad against the Ravens, you know, I think that's a pretty legitimate little stamp on Mac Jones in the season. I'm a little bit worried that you are very pumped for Halloween weekend. Uh huh, very. You've actually been the leader of the call for us to all wear costumes on Friday. Yeah, yeah. have to do it. Yeah, so. I think Friday's a little bit early. It's two days before Halloween. Whoa. If we were to all dress up in costumes, it's potentially hey, doing too much. But I heard your passion about it. Yeah. I heard others. And we will now be dressing up on Friday. Here we go. And you said you're not taking your costume off for the entire weekend. That's yeah. right. Until so, Sunday. So you are pumped for this weekend. You are excited for this weekend. Chargers off a bye after getting embarrassed. Oh. Not, I mean, that is so a tall well. revenge game. Also a revenge yeah. game. Hunter Henry got killed. got killed last year. Yeah, we yeah. did beat them by 40 last year in oh. that stadium. I mean, it's going to be a tough tough game. I mean, this is one of those ones where you would have Is loved. your mullet in the costume? Is, that, is this uh, helping the costume, hurting the costume? Is the mullet a part of the costume? I mean, I think the mullet helps me every day, Pat. But with the costume, absolutely. <laughs> I would say that it is an integral part of what I am dressing up as. Okay, the mullet does help you every day. Absolutely. Yeah, because when people see you, they're like, hey, that guy over there, good guy. I was at the <laughs> grocery store. Some lady said, did you lose a bet? Why does your hair look like that? I said, oh, on contraire, mon frere. This is just because I love this hair. Well, if it was, I, I respect that, appreciate that. But if it was a lady, that is not mon frere. Yeah, that's right. It's mon, it's monsieur, yeah, I think. Monsieur, yeah, monsieur, sister, frere's there, brother. There it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do a full French conversation yesterday. Yeah, yeah that's right. It was good. It was pretty good. We were learning about the French Revolution. Yeah, mm -hmm. our accents were on point, I've heard. We. Oui. We were right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I appreciate you, man. We're going to be dressed up on Friday. You think you're going to uh, you're gonna bring it, huh? The oh, hype. Yeah. Hey, for yeah. people that are watching and listening, mm -hmm. the hype around Connor's costume yeah. Yeah. is almost the same as Mac Jones. It yeah. is. Well. That is. Mike yeah. Jones is no hype. I mean, that guy's a ball slinger. We know that he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Come I on. understand that. You got Mac, <laughs> who, Mac Jones, yes. who shirt. You got the no bull shoes on that you have Always. not taken off. <laughs> Always. Since you learned that Mac Jones was a no bull partner, uh -huh. or whatever the case is. And no bulls are the athletic version of Tom's. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I would say of Tom's. Tom's are pretty athletic in their own. No, Tom's is a great company, okay? They donate those shoes and everything yep. like that. It was a great thing. Okay. I had a couple Toms. They were very comfortable. When they even got into the furry Toms oh, game, yeah. those were the best slippers in town. I mean, they were the absolute best fur, oh. uh, slippers in town. But I do believe the no bull people just said, hey, how'd you make those? We're going to make them. We're going to make them a little bit more athletic. And you've been wearing them every day. <laughs> That's right. And I just assume that they are going to fall apart, fall into pieces at some point. Those things are just as sturdy as they were the first time That's you right. wore those And they say no bull on them. So it's not as if, you know, you put these shoes on hey those are kind of like toms it's like no these are no bulls brother that's why it says no bull on it. it's a no bull season baby no bullshit no bullshit all bull you're into mac jones though but this costume i would say very similar type atmosphere from you yeah no i'm fired up about it i haven't really had this chance this is the first time i've had this bucket i feel like i've had a lot of different hairstyles in my day but this is the first time and this hopefully is the forever one pending you know when roman gets my pills in here for my hair loss but uh, i do is that believe a little bit on back well, could, perhaps i do what's believe, going on well how come we can't get the goddamn pills? i'm just assuming you know roman's helping out so many people these days mm. that you know everybody's asking for something from roman and i don't want to take well any. that's what they want they deserve it exactly. they're coming, but we need to get you some 
some pills on there. What are you talking about? You think it's gonna? You think you're not gonna be able to last long in, in bed? I will know. Uh, I already know that. I think that there's a chance that my hair might end up. You oh, know, the Roman hair thinning pills. out at ah. some point. Roman has so much. I <laughs> That's didn't right. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do help a lot, and the swipes—they've done their job for me at least. But I'm just saying, I do believe my hair might end up getting a little too thin no. to the point of no return, and I want to make sure we don't get there. No, it looks great. Thank you. I'm I'm proud of you, and I'm happy that you found your forever helmet. But that is the perfect haircut to have for Halloween. Yes. Oh yeah. It's just like people have facial hair who need a mustache for Halloween. Like, mm-hmm. hey, perfect. Got the mustache for it. I did. Uh, I grew. I grew an entire beard operation. Yeah. So I could be Lieutenant Dangle. So Ooh. I could just shave the. So I could have the mustache one time in college. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That type of commitment to the facial hair. The mullet, though. I mean, it is such a way. I cannot yeah. wait to see what you're not. He said he's going to wear it for 72 straight out. Right? Yeah. That's right. It was uh, unbelievable. Respect. And, I, and respect. I will just because I love it that much. I did think of another costume just in case I do have to sw- switch it up. But also, you know, I, I haven't been committed to the beard. This is strictly a Halloween beard that I've been growing out uh, for yeah. addition to my hey, costume. Hey, little, 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 yeah, yeah, a little okay. salt base sprinkle on what it might be. Hey, leaving a trail of evidence That's here. right. Hansel and Gretel. Of course. They gave two thumbs up, right? And they left a trail of breadcrumbs. Got mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah, 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 you yeah, think yeah. It's Cisco and Ebert. So I actually, yeah, they <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah. They mm-hmm. are the people. Yep, that's right. Hey, I don't know what's up with Cisco and Ebert, if they're still fucking judging people I don't or not. I think so. They're starting to come after those Nielsen folks, though. Hey, I guess, oh, I, yeah. I guess Nielsen's about to get I guess Nielsen's about to get gone. Chopped down. I, I think, you know, a lot of people have had questions about the Nielsen ratings. Like, how can this be anywhere near accurate with the way people consume content these days? Do yeah. the Nielsen people just know all at all times about everything, even new technology? Mm. I guess there is some 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 rippling effects questioning the Nielsen stuff, I guess. That's happening from a higher level than us. It's about, about time. damn time. Yeah, exactly. It, it is. People are making incredible... You know, incredibly impactful business decisions strictly around what these, this has been happening for a long time. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, old Nielsen is going to decide who eats and who doesn't, basically. And it's like, all right, well, can we get a little bit of a check maybe on how we can know if that's accurate? I don't know how it works. Somebody's like, well, it's a, it's a random scattering of uh, boxes where they tap in around. I'm like, who's, who's though? Who do they, Mm -hmm. do they pick and choose who's, whose boxes they they check how does that even work and then there's people that change up their entire channel their network because of it and now we're entering a whole new world where apps and streaming and social media is how people basically watch a lot of shit it's like who's keeping the score what's the scoreboard like and i think there are more people asking that question now which is good well you know they had a good run how about cisco and ebert they still thumbs up Uh, i believe ebert has passed away no one of them's very dead yes I'll be honest. No, I have no clue who these two people. Roger are. Ebert, dude. <laughs> who the fuck is Cisco and Ebert? We'll have a moment of silence. Okay, which one, Cisco? No, Ebert. Rest in peace, dude. Or, I don't know, Ebert. Yeah, Roger Ebert. Oh, that's that is man. Yeah. Okay. All right, rest in peace, dude. Yeah, I didn't want to. No, but, yeah, yeah, I understand. That was a Sesame Street character. Jeez. Based on <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's been just a couple great tag teams that have been it out It was there. actually uh, Gene Siskel that died. Ah! So I knew I was right. My brain was telling me I didn't even know who it was. <laughs> Are you putting something up on the screen here? Is this which one? No, dude. Bullshit. Eep. Bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's who these two are? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Have a little respect but, for literally the foremost mentioned human beings in rating movies of all time. Are you shitting me? Yeah, you know, long before there was social media where everybody could just judge movies themselves. Correct. And there's a couple movies out right now that have a vastly different 
critics rating versus audience rating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vastly, uh -huh. there's a couple, there's two in particular documentaries that have a vastly different. Before all that, you had to go to the authority. Mm -hmm. These two knew everything about everything. And in my particular case, if Mr. Siskel or Mr. Ebert said a movie was terrible, I probably knew I was going to enjoy it. That was something that I, mean. I probably knew was going to happen. You always, they were the standard. You knew you either agreed with them or you didn't agree with them. I did not. So I was like, Dumb and Dumber, very low. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I think that uh -huh. was a lot of thumbs said down. Tommy Boy it was the only movie they ever walked out on. Yeah, see. Tommy Boy? Yeah. Exactly. Are you they are both dead. Yeah, oh, okay. I was going to no. say, there's, there's no way Ebert's not dead. I know Ebert's dead. Come on. We said we were never going to do this again. We I thought back back. Siskel might have been alive, but I knew Ebert was dead. I thought, honestly, when you pull up that photo, it's like Wozniak Jobs is yeah. who Very similar. the first yeah, thing that's that That's what it was in judging. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. It was the Wozniak. It was the Jordan and Pippen of judging. Sure. Yeah. And rest in peace, dude. To both of them. Mm -hmm. Hell of a run. Thumbs up and though. One last thumbs yeah. up for them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so so they were just thumbs? Two thumbs up. Two, yep, two thumbs up. They just did thumbs I up. I wish I yeah. had two more hands. <laughs> oh, that's, that's one of the documentaries, though. The uh, person that yeah. created that. <laughs> yeah, that I was talking sure. about with the uh, critic score and the audience score. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Halloween's awesome. Very yeah, excited yeah. for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Tone, you're having, uh, you always uh, go hard on Halloween. We yep. appreciate it. We're excited about it. The news allegedly today that has to be chatted about before we get to a break and then have Ian, oh, actually, Ian Rapport's going to be joining us in about a minute. So this actually works <laughs> out exactly how it should. Nice. It's not that we did it on purpose, but at about 18 minutes into our conversation about random nonsense, I did think to myself, okay, we can probably stretch another six minutes <laughs> before Ian Rapport gets on here with some actual information dialed in boots on the ground at the owners' meetings, which I believe are in New York. I'm not sure. Where are they? I don't know. I assume. I think it's in New York. I, just strictly because the that picture of sense, Mark Davis... Yeah. Walking down the street yeah. I, that looked like, a, I'm not 100% sure, but Mark Davis was asked by, uh, the owner of the Raiders was asked by the media outside of wherever they are meeting at, uh, if he would uh, give a comment on the Washington football team email investigation. And uh, he said, I'm going to dinner. I'll be back. I'll be back, guys. <laughs> hey, what about your coach uh, that was caught up in the Washington football team email investigation that promptly had to resign, and now you guys got Richie Bisaccio? You have anything on what other emails could be? Uh, I'm going to dinner, guys. I'll be back. <laughs> That's awesome. I just, I'm out of here. I, uh, I'm not answering any questions. They didn't follow him, so I guess they weren't that persistent. But the league meetings, the owners' meetings has – a lot of conversation being generated out of it. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. Oh. Should <laughs> That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Bangin' up, bangin' up, bangin' up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. 
David Popu- <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way, whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Joining us now, boots on the ground from in there, uh, an employee of the NFL, NFL.com, and NFL Network, senior NFL insider, and host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Franzi and Rappaport. Yeah! What's up, guys? Is that Goodell's hotel room you're sitting outside of right there? Uh, no, so here's what's going on. So I'm, I'm in a corner here. Uh, next to me is the coat check. You can oh. see the coat check there. Oh. And that's kind of the lobby where everyone's hanging out. There's Albert Breer and Judy Batista. Uh, that's literally Mark Davis sitting down with reporters right there. Which... I'll be back, guys. He just said, I'll be back, guys, yesterday when he was going to get dinner, and now he's sitting down. And with... he's back. So wow. our, while I'm doing this, our reporting team is over there talking to him, which we are getting it on NFL Network, and you will see his comments later. Uh, so that'll be fun. How upset are you right now that you're missing this Mark Davis conversation um, over there? I'm, I'm not upset because I trust my colleagues that they're going to have great questions um, and proper interview, and I'm going to get to learn about it later. Okay. I appreciate you for joining us, I, especially in the middle of everything that's going on right now, calling from the league meetings. I got a couple quick questions about how these operate. So there's open sessions, and I read from Peter King that he said that there will be nothing talked about the open session because they believe there's too many leaks. And then there's now a privilege session as well. What is the difference between the two? Is one just the owners and presidents, and what is the other one? Yeah, so there's basically meetings where like everyone gets to take place. So it's owners and presidents, and there's you know PR people like head communications people, and then there's um, other people who work for the you know work for the team. But there's like a whole team. And then what happens is you'll see the people like a lot of those people will kind of be walking around. You'll be like, okay, this must be the one per club session, which basically means as an organization, as a football team, you only get one person in that room. And always that is the owner. And that's the one where they get to talk about all the real stuff. Like that's the one where presumably, which it happened late last night and then early this morning, there was a one per club session where presumably the Washington football team uh, emails were discussed, uh, the John Gruden emails, like all of that, the workplace conduct of the Washington football team, like all of that stuff was discussed in that session. And yes, I mean, there's, you know, owners are not, unfortunately, not great leakers. Um, so a lot of times those conversations do remain confidential. Who's running the one per club meeting? Is that Goodell running that? Is yeah. Goodell runs the meeting. I believe, I mean, he is involved as far as running it. I've never, un- this is actually unfortunate and not fair. I've never been invited to one. Um, I know, I know. Um, 
but I believe it's Goodell Unfair. running and taking part in it. Okay, so have you ever seen Goodell flustered like he was what I think was yesterday or this morning? I've never seen him misstep or miscalculated. He is one of the greatest speakers of all, literally, I, I saw him come in front of our team before the lockout, and when he he was answering questions, and it was incredible. I've never seen somebody take heat and then talk, give an answer, not really though, but appease the person that asked the question and move to the next one. It's polit it's pol it's political conversations basically. It's the top level politicians can do this. Yes. That's why when like Manfred steps up and calls it a piece of metal and does this stuff, it's like Roger Goodell is incredible incredible at speaking he is why he's the commissioner it's why he gets paid so much he takes all the shrapnel and he can handle it. he seemed a little bit about the emails and everything is it is this much bigger you think than they they know it's much much this is a big ass deal you think or no i mean it's it's starting to be a bigger deal i mean in, in this lobby where i'm sitting on the floor right now talking to you guys i don't even have thank a chair you. thank you by the way thank you thank you thank you no for no problem guys yeah. anyway um Two former Washington football team employees showed up to call for transparency. Two members of Congress um, yesterday and again sort of reiterated their call for transparency to release the emails. The NFL has said they are not going to, have made no moves to do that. And I just don't know what now could compel the NFL to do that. I mean, maybe Congress? As far as it getting bigger, like, I don't know what sort of the next step would be because I don't know how much bigger it can get. The NFL has, you know, refuse to to release all the information as they did in similar situations in the flake gate in the uh, miami dolphins bullying scandal um you know there's a couple others that they've released all the they have not done that and made no sign toward doing that okay so i know that you probably know just as much as us about the entire situation but it seems like the new tactic by roger goodell is we would like to get all the information. We would like access to all the information. This is whenever uh, Goodell was talking about the commissioner's exemption list for Deshaun Watson. I think also with the Washington football team investigation, how he wanted to garner all the information, all of the details before saying anything. Is this because of previous missteps in his eyes, he thinks, like for, for what has happened? And because there's always a potential new piece of evidence that will be displayed potentially in a very public manner and then all of a sudden roger goodell has to like fucking own that he didn't know that that existed or whatever so is that why the new tactic is we're letting and waiting for all of the information and do they think that'll ever come you know well as far as the impetus behind this there was a high profile incident with a giants kicker a couple years back where oh, yeah. remember this they suspended him a game and then I believe it was a diary entry. Something came out from his accuser that led to basically him never playing again after the NFL basically already suspended him. So I don't think they want to get in that situation again where they make a move, do a punishment, and then find out all sorts of other info, and then the punishment you know, doesn't stand up to the information they have. They do not want to do that. As far as Deshaun Watson, you know, I've, been, I've heard since training camp that he's not going – um, that he, meanwhile, Tom Pelissero is now live tweeting from the Mark Davis scrum that's going on there. Oh, you're getting dunked on, Ian. <laughs> oh, no. Well, no. Same team. Sa so oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, right. Yeah, we're right. collectively dunking. You passed it. You actually yeah. passed it. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, yeah, I did the d dishing, as they say. Lonzo. Mm -hmm. Ooh. 
Yeah, you yeah. answered that thing. Um, but yeah, so Mello. you know, I, I have not. I have believed that Deshaun Watson was not going on the commissioner's exemplus since they made him eligible to practice in July. And so I've been sort of surprised that people have still been waiting for an answer. To me, we got the answer, and, and Goodell reiterated that yesterday. Based on the information they have now, he is eligible to play. Could that change when the NFL talks to him, when the investigation's over, when the civil lawsuits are over? Maybe, but if he was traded today, he would be eligible to play for his new team tomorrow. And this is what Pelissero just said, by the way. Owner Mark Davis voicing his frustration with the way the NFL handled John Gruden's emails. This is after two one-from-each-club meetings now. It's a timing issue. Says league may have had for months and would have been a lot e- may have had for months and would have made it for a lot easier if team had known sooner. Were they treated unfairly? We're Raiders. We're used to this. Okay, so for the one-per-club okay. meeting, I assume there was some frustrations and grievances aired in there as is every single and this is mark davis coming out of there okay fascinating we'll see how that whole thing pans out i think a lot more of those emails are coming uh at some point somehow some way and who knows what's going to be in those i think that is why the eyes are so heavily on them let's get back to deshaun watson because you are currently in a standoff ian with uh john motherfucking mcclain oh, <laughs> oh, hey listen john I? yeah, well, yeah. Well, i mean last week he said that it was an imminent deal was between the texans and the dolphins then you came on our show here and you said i don't think anything is imminent or whatever you thought maybe in the off season now barry jackson of the miami herald is reporting that the houston chronicle is reporting that a deal between the Texans and Dolphins has already been agreed to, including three first-rounders in the future, but it would have to be uh, after or the legal off-the-field stuff has already been settled. So now John motherfucking McClain came out and said, I never reported that. I'm just telling you what I heard. What is the situation? If, if you're going to do McClain, you got to do the accent in the voice. No, no, I don't know. I don't. I don't do that. No, no, speak. No, 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 I don't know who John. Oh my God! You know do, what's the accent? Let me hear. Oh, no, I know. I. That's not. Uh, no. I mean, I have actually a very good McLean, but I'm not going to. Oh, oh, that's oh, that's oh on, that cheese. You don't no, want to smoke. No, no, I love. I love McLean. Um, so he, <laughs> yes, he did come out and deny the report that cited his report about a trade being agreed to. Here's what I know. All right. There is, as of right now, no trade. I do not sense anything is, as of this very second, imminent. If the Dolphins and the Texans both decided to do a trade, I do not believe compensation would be an issue. In other words, I don't think there's going to be a big disagreement where the Dolphins are like, we want to give two first-rounders, and the Texans are like, we want to get four. Like, I don't – It's we're way past that. I think if a deal was going to happen, then the compensation would be – Fairly simple. Like, I don't believe they've agreed because, you know, there's besides the three first rounders, there's probably some other picks. There's all sorts of, you know, there's some things you could argue, but I do believe that they'd be able to come to it pretty quickly. Um, as of now, there is no deal. I think Miami would like, you know, a little more clarity. I think Adal coming out and saying yesterday that he is eligible again probably helped. Um, but as far as a deal right now, like I do not believe that. Did Deshaun actually say he'll only go to Miami? Officially, he has only waived his no trade clause to Miami. So, like one thing I reported earlier, and now that you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw this, um, is that yeah. Carolina Panthers, as of now, are out. So maybe in the off season they might be. There it is. 
I mean, look at that beautiful tweet. Yeah, we do um, see your tweets. Tweet, I mean, tweet. your tweets are pretty good. I mean, you're, <laughs> we don't know anything about you as a human, but the robot that is NFL information, you're amazing on her. Yeah, that's I had actually a spelling mistake right before I sent that. I had to fix it before people saw it. So that was Hold on. People, don't want, people don't always see the behind the scenes stuff. But Hold on. Somebody called uh, Troy Vincent, Trot Vincent. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Arrow did. I think it was uh, the Arrow, Pelissero. Pelissero said Trot Vincent <laughs> says. So that's a big deal. We notice those things. I want to let you know. The world notices and we appreciate your Diligence on spelling. Yeah, here it is. NFL exec Trot Vincent. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Diero. Tom Pelissero. It's hard whenever you're taking the entire memo, though, and trans yeah, exactly. transmitting it right in there. You know, you can see how Vincent and Troy, you know, pretty similar there. A lot of weird letters. Let me put the T on the end there. It's possible the NFL accidentally put Trot in it. Uh -huh. oh, He's just, you know. Yeah, you're right. Malfunction. Yeah, it could have been. It's not Pelissero's. Whoever sent it to Pelissero's Neuralink. Right. Boom. That's who it was. Yeah. Go ahead, Ty. Rap sheet with Alan Lazard on the COVID list now with Devontae Adams and Joe Barry. I think the Packers activated Malik Taylor, but are they like, yep. should we anticipate more guys potentially being inactive for tomorrow's game or how's this going to work? I think it is possible. It doesn't sound like, like, you know, last year when, when someone would get COVID and then more people would get COVID, like it was last year, there were times Ravens, Titans, it felt like a runaway train, right? It felt like every day you were like, Oh God, like, what COVID news is going to happen? Who's going to be ruled out? Like it was, it was a lot of reasons last year was not fun, but dealing with that sort of COVID fear almost was really not fun. This doesn't sound like that. This, it does not sound like there is an outbreak there. It sounds like a couple of cases. They hope it has not spread, but we'll probably find out today at four if there are others. Um, as far as we know, there are only two confirmed cases. It's Devante and Joe Barry, Alan Lazard, who's not vaccinated, is a high-risk close contact. So oh, those are the three oh, as of now. No. So close contact is still knocking out players? That is still a protocol thing? Well, yeah? Only only if you're not vaccinated. And that's why, like, you know, there were some oh. people who sort of like, why do, like for me, like, why do I have to mention that he's not vaccinated? The reason is because if he was vaccinated, being a high-risk close contact does not exist. You, he would be eligible to play. Can he get the shot today? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, Why not? Because oh, it takes I mean, nine days could, or something like but that. But he still be out. Yeah. How many days oh, yeah. was it? Foxy, how many days was it? I thought it was two weeks for 13 us. days or yeah. something like that. We were still treated as, uh, I think everybody was kind of treated like nine That was from the second shot. Yeah, that was. Come on. Yeah, it was way back. You get the single dose. It's horseshit. <laughs> We got it right here. Who knows if it's still working or not? One time. I mean, I got get the booster. Well, booster. I, I did get the booster. I got uh, I got COVID. You yeah. Know? yeah. So like, I actually, I got the, the natural way. Yeah, I got yeah. the boot. I earned it too. I, I mean, we got we got high heat. We were mm -hmm. throwing high heat inside me there too. So I think I hopefully should be good forever. Who knows? Go ahead, Connor. Hey, la we appreciate you here, Ian. Last question for you, pal. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, rap sheet. Will the owners talk about like the possibility of bringing in like a Jeff Bezos or someone who wants to own an NFL team at these meetings? Great question. Um, Jeff Bezos is a, is a fascinating figure because I know there are a lot of high-ranking people in the NFL who want him involved. I have not heard that he actually wants to be an owner right now. And then, look, there's no team for sale right now, so this is all kind of whatever. Broncos, but Broncos, like next Broncos. Year, the Broncos are for sale. Like, unless I am missing something, I do not hear that he wants to be that right now. I think he's happy being a private citizen or whatever he is. 
now that he's stepped down as CEO. Fucking spaceman. Um, so, he's an astronaut. Yeah, a basically an astronaut. An astronaut. Yeah. Um, he is going to be involved in the NFL because Amazon has Thursday nights. Um, and we'll see if there are other ways that he will be involved. But I have not heard that he's going to end up being an owner, which actually kind of surprised me a little bit. What is that room behind you? Looks like some sort of closed door conference room going on. Oh, you're Ian fucking Rappaport, dude. You deserve to be in there, don't you? Look, I deserve to be in every room. Again, (laughs) me not being invited to the one per club. I'm not going to say that I'm insulted because like that. I wouldn't say that, but I'm not going to be the one to say that. Yeah, they dunked (laughs) on you. You've been around a long time. They hate you in there. They don't want any leaks. They said there's too many leaks anyways. The one per club meeting to what Connor was asking there. I thought the Broncos were for sale and you have to get okayed. Is it a unanimous decision by all the other owners? Is it a majority decision? Do they have to vote you in? How does it work? I think it's, it's, uh, that's annoying. I should know this. I think it's either, it's either three quarters or two thirds. I think it's three quarters. Um, the Broncos are not for sale. Forward, there is a it. possibility after the season that they could be, but they're going to go through the steps. Uh, there's a right of first refusal situation going on. Like, does the family get the right of first refusal? There's a, they have to sort of figure out, like, is the family going to keep it? And I think after the season, there will be a decision on the future of the Broncos. Are they going to be sold or do they keep it in the family? Who's going to buy a team? Why don't you buy a team? Ooh. Is Gary V going to buy a team? Is Gary V going to be who, who? Like buying a team seems like the ultimate dream billionaire move, right? Instead of going to space. And is the I NFL mean, want that to become like the new billionaire goal is to buy an NFL team? And how often? That's you, already that's already the billionaire goal. Yeah, right? but the but, turnover never happens. If it sounds like maybe the right. Chargers, who knows what's going on with the Chargers? Yeah. I don't know that, what's going on there. Maybe the Broncos. Seattle at some point, maybe, but like. I, from what I hear, Paul Allen's sister really likes it, so I don't know that she's dying to get out of it, get out of it either. Like that's the problem is like, you know, there are reasons that that teams sell. Jerry Richardson provided one a couple of years back, um, but they rarely come open. I will say this: like, it, I I should be an owner of a team. Sorry, all, right. all right, this is it. Hey, good you luck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good luck in there. We appreciate you calling. I hope you don't miss any more conferences. We appreciate your time, Ian. All right, I'm going to go listen to the Mark Davis interview that my colleagues uh, expertly got. So, bye, guys. Hey, way to catch up, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Joining us now is a head, former head coach in the NFL, a man who's been at these coaches' meetings. I don't know if that's the same league meetings or not. A guy who's going to break down everything happening for the coaches across the NFL. A man who's been coaching football for over 30 years. Ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. What's up, man? What's up, guys? What you got? Like what are we a, doing? You in a corner? You in an office right now? You got a good little shot over the window there. You look fantastic against the backdrop. How are you doing? Doing great. Coming to you guys live from Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> What's in Boulder? Born and, born and raised here, sixty-one oh. years ago. This is where I was born and raised, and my family's still here. So I jumped in the car, as you as you know, um, with Taylor and Tori, my middle and youngest daughter, my grandson Bear. Drove them down, two-day trip, stopped in Little America, Wyoming, stayed the night. Great adventure, great trip, and landed here yesterday, and we got us a little VRBO, and going to spend time with my mom and dad and introduce 
my family down here to uh, to bear. So we got four yeah. generations of Paisans meeting right now in Boulder, Colorado, after a stop in Wyoming. I can't thank you enough for joining us, Chuck. And your Q&A on your IG stories was fucking awesome. All right. Clearly, Chuck has no idea what this is. <laughs> he has no clue what's going on. But his youngest daughter, middle daughter, running, I think, taking random pictures of where they're traveling through, uh, random pictures of Coach, asking him questions. That was incredible. We very much enjoyed it over here at the office. I, I think you should do more more of those yeah definitely wasn't my idea i had no idea what was going on till uh started getting some questions he's in the back seat tori's in the back seat running the show taking the videos uh sitting next to bear and hey we got some questions coming in and some of the questions were were a little bit crazy but but it was fun okay well let's get to some uh, chit chat shall we that we can ask you about uh, your question, Earth, Wind, and Fire, by the way. I didn't know that. That was uh, that was the big thing. I'm sure you turned it on in the car, by the way, started dancing. Are you a dancing and driver? Did you dance and drive, or are you just focused on the road? Oh, everything. Dancing, uh, some stuff we don't want to talk about. Oh! <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Let's start chit-chatting about stuff that you uh, know more about than us. These league meetings, did you ever have to go to this? Because we see, like, the head coach's picture. It's like a high school picture or whatever. Are these the meetings that you – this is the middle of the season, but are these the types of meetings that head coaches go to as well? Or is this just executive and front office type stuff? These are just the owners, you know, right now. The spring meetings, which included, you know, every head coach, every GM, um, owners – Shoot, there must have been 50, 60 uh, people, personnel from, from each club uh, attend these meetings. We'd go from Florida one, one year, then out to the Biltmore in Arizona. They were, they were phenomenal. Um, I can't imagine the dime uh, that the NFL drops <laughs> on these things. And, and now they're doing them because of COVID. They're doing them via Zoom. You know, uh, I guess they're in person in this one. Uh, I saw the, you know, couple episodes, your, your uh, episode earlier of those guys reporting from there. But, yeah, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. But, yeah, there's a there's a lot of lot of stuff to discuss right now. This is again, this is just the owners uh, together right now, uh, kind of state of the union, middle of the season. Like you said, all the coaches, everybody's busy getting ready for for week eight of the National Football League. So some interesting stuff. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. I'd say, Chuck, would you like say Jim Mersey would go to these meetings? Uh, how much communication would you have back and forth with him? I know you'd be like probably in the middle of your season, but would you talk about, hey, what what happened there, Jim? What are you guys talking about? What do I need to look out for? Like, how much communication do you guys have? Yeah, it was kind of a need to know, AJ. So if it was something that was pertinent to myself or the club or something that was going to affect us, uh, for, you know, from a competitive standpoint, um, that was one thing. But usually, you know, he kept that stuff, uh, the league meetings this time of year to – to himself, he uh, obviously knew we had a, a task at hand in, in preparation for the upcoming game. So, uh, again, unless it was something crazy, you know, going on, um, like with the Washington football team and the 650,000 emails and what's happened, you know, with the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden being out and, you know, Bison Richie football uh, being 2-0 and and all that stuff, you know, he didn't, he didn't bother me with that kind of stuff. It was, it was him, the GM. You know, and again, we're on a need to know. Yeah, and I think that's how Richie Bisaccia is handling it, and he has to. He's been able to turn that team around, which is beautiful for the Italian-American community. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. I want to talk to you about how a coach would feel 
Uh, like Tomlin, for instance. Mike Tomlin yesterday, when he addressed the rumors of him going to USC, and he said, are you asking Sean Payton these questions? Andy Reid these questions? There isn't a booster with a blank check big enough to get me out of the best job in the sports, basically, which is the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. How awkward is it when you know that maybe a coordinator is going to go get a head coaching job somewhere, or maybe your name is being referenced, and how come everybody doesn't come out and do what Tomlin does? Is that because most people are full of shit and don't know what's going to happen in the future? Yeah, what a great interview uh, Mike is. I mean, I love him just as much as you guys love him. He's phenomenal, and he's been that way for a long, long time. Um, I watched it. I, I loved it. You don't, he's getting ready to play, you know, a huge football game, you know, every week's huge, you know, in the national football league, cause the next game is the, is a huge one. And so you don't want to be, um, dealing with questions like that. You want to talk about, you know, your team, you want to talk about your opponent. You want to talk about, you know, uh, what you need to do to win this football game and certainly not field and answer questions. Uh, as stupid as, as the one that they asked him, you know, regarding the, the USC job in that situation. I mean, come on, man. What's he been the head coach of the Steelers for, 14 years? Yep, 15 maybe. I mean, 15, I, unbelievable. And uh, uh, to ask him if, you know, anything about that situation, they deserve the response. You know, I got asked a bunch of things, you know, uh, over the course of my tenure in Indy, things that had nothing to do with – you know, winning football games, our team, our opponent. And, you know, I always tried to kill, kill, you know, kill them with kindness, the media, and just kind of, you know, not, you know, answer them and not, well, you answer them without answering them, um, but kind of leave them sitting there with like hot coals in their laps, you know, don't overreact. But this situation here with what they, you know, asked Mike Tomlin about that job uh, and the situation that they're in, um, totally ridiculous. But you got to expect that from the media. <laughs> right, that's a, that's their job. I guess they're going to ask questions. I took it. I thought for Tom when I was like, "Hey, it's a compliment that your name is being thrown out there." I feel like, and he says, "You don't ask Sean Payton or Andy Reid." And I'm thinking, "Yeah, because they're not candidates for the job." So it's. I think it's a compliment to Tom when I understand you don't want to deal with the questions at the time. But he mentioned Andy Reid. What this guy Andy Reid came out and said he's seen things he's never seen before from his own team. What do you do? Like when they're at this point in the season, we know they have talent. They're just not living up to the expectations. Like, what can he do? Yeah, uh, you know, when you look at the Chiefs right now and you look at uh, the predicament that they're in, you're uh, sitting at the bottom of the AFC West when we just expect Andy Reid's offense, we expect the Kansas City Chiefs to, to win week in and week out and, and not be in this situation. Um, you know, they. you'd love to have a bye. We talked about it last week, right? You'd love to have a bye week, but they don't get there, until, I don't think, until week 12. So they just got to keep, you know, it's like a, a batter that's in a slump, you know, and not one that's bunning, but one that's, you know, swinging for the fences, Gump. But uh, anyway, <laughs> but anyway, you just keep, you just keep swinging, you just keep swinging that bat and, you know, and, and stick to your process and all that coach speak. But, um, you know, they got to play better and they got to quit turning the ball over. If you look at their uh, turnover margin, uh, Super Bowl season in 19 and 20 and then 2020, they're always plus five, plus six, plus seven. Right now they're at the bottom of the league at minus 10 turnover margin. You're not going to win any football games minus 10. The three wins that they have, they were even. The four losses that they have, they're minus 11. You're not going to win football games. And right now the defense can't stop anybody. They can't stop a nosebleed, not the run, not the pass, 
They're, they're, you know, they can't get off the field. They're, I, I think they're 30th on third down, uh, 28th or 29th in red zone defense. Uh, they're not generating any pass rush, any sacks. They're like 32nd, you know, in, in sacks. So, um, again, you got to just look at the tape, evaluate it, see what you have. They've missed some guys from an injury standpoint. Chris Jones has missed some games. Um, Traverius, is it Traverius Ward? A uh, corner has missed Tra- some time. Tra- Frank Clark, their best pass rusher, has missed two or three games. So they got to get some guys back. Um, they've had most of the pieces still on that football team. Uh, they're just in a funk. And we used to say, we, you just got to get this shit off. Of, we got to get this stink off us. Yeah. And the only way to get it off, AJ, as you know, is you how to win a freaking football game. You got to get it because winning cures everything. Everything. As we know. Chuck, I have a question for you because I think something that's also potentially happening is it's. You know, it should be talked about in Tua's situation with Deshaun lingering overhead and that smoke being loud and Tua just happened to be a professional. Hey, he's 23 years old, but he has to be professional. He's never had to deal with this before in his life, I don't think. But he has to be professional with his boss, the GM, whoever, potentially wanting another quarterback that we don't even know if he can play at this moment. Have you ever had to deal with, like, the human side of it? Like, Patrick Mahomes has now been thrusted into superstardom. million, you know, his family's got shit going on on the internet that's potentially bringing some negative attention as well. Expectations are through the roof. How do you, you know, coach up somebody who's potentially going through something that you could never predict? They They can't give you a book on how to get through it, how to handle it. Do you think there's a chance that Patrick Mahomes is potentially letting a little bit of, you know, life get in the way of his performance? And you think he's ever going to be able to get through it and on the other side of that? Yeah, all great uh, questions, Pat. And, you know, success sometimes is much harder uh, to deal with and handle uh, than failure. And so with those big contracts, uh, $500 million deal, 10 years, uh, comes a lot of expectations. And you don't know. I don't know his circumstances. I don't know his situation. He seemed to be squared away, uh, you know. And, and so, like, he's going through some stuff right now, and he's turning the ball over, you know, whether it's any of that. I don't know the answer to that. You guys don't know the answer to that. But we've seen guys sign big contracts. Uh, the expectations go uh, through the roof, and they get sideways, you know, and they start, you know, putting more pressure on themselves. Uh, they start pressing. They try to do too much, you know, because they're not playing well right now. He's trying to put too much maybe on his plate, uh, try to do too much, and, and things are just going uh, the other way uh, for those guys. You know, as far as Miami's concerned, if you watch that football team right now, you certainly think all this talk about a, a Deshaun Watson, you know, trade and Tua's our quarterback. The more that, you know, B-Flow comes out and says, hey, Tua's our quarterback, Tua's our quarterback, Tua's our quarterback, the more we all think that that guy's out the door. <laughs> that guy's not our quarterback, you know? And I think it, affect, I think it affects the, the whole damn – you shouldn't have to say it. You know, you shouldn't have to say it. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, this guy ain't with us. We don't know if he's going to be with us. There's so much, you know, speculation surrounding Deshaun Watson and his future um, uh, that, you, you know, you can't speculate that. But does it permeate throughout the locker room? Does it permeate through your organization, your fan base, uh, your players? Absolutely. All those guys are thinking the same thing, and they're like, okay, um, yeah, we're playing for contracts. I'm playing to feed my family. I'm put, trying to put food on the table, all this and the other. But something something is sour down there right now, and, and uh, it's just losing, not good. Chuck, if you keep losing, it's only going to get louder and worse. I mean, it is only going to get louder and worse. And those games, those close games that maybe you win, maybe 
it is potentially all of the uncomfort and guys maybe. I mean, there is so much that goes into team building and shit like that can poison it. It, it literally can poison it. It never gets talked about because I think a lot of players and coaches even are just treated like Madden players. Like, hey, show up, you're an 85. Show up, you're a 99. You're a 92. It's like, well, what about maybe fuck these people here? Like, <laughs> what does that make me? Does that make me a 75? Does that make me a 90? Whatever the case, you got to be as professional as possible. You continue to lose, though. It's only going to get louder and worse. Go ahead, Tone. Coach, uh, Bengals, young football team, they're hot, beating a division rival. They got a division rival next week in the Browns, but sandwiched in between that, they are playing the lowly Jets on the road, third straight road game. Road game. Is that like the worst nightmare for a coach? For a young team that's going, that's riding high, playing a Jets team where maybe they could sleepwalk in there? You know, I, I think it can be. But like you said, this football team um, and, and Zach Taylor, he, he's done a, a phenomenal job. And you guys are always busting their balls about their facilities and, <laughs> hey, and the, podium, that's you know, real. the media, the media <laughs> podium. And, and no, it is real. And, and it stinks. And they're overcoming all that in spite of all that. We know the Brown family don't like to spend money. They never had a scouting staff. The coaches had to do all that stuff, and I'm going on a tangent here, but they, they do not spend money. You know, Mr. Brown is a fabulous human being, and that family is, is unbelievable. And yeah, you can go on and on about it, but, you know, that guy wore a ball cap and suspenders, you know, and, uh, to, the, to the owners' meetings. I mean, he, he hadn't bought a new shirt in, in some time. <laughs> With, with with all due respect, he's not. They're not spending money on an on an indoor and all that thing. But, but you know, back to your question, um, it, I think it can be. But I think this this team is just young enough, where you know everything that the coaches are saying, everything that they're preaching, you know about you know blinders and earmuffs and and don't listen to the hype because all that great shit that they're telling you right now and talking about you, it ain't true, and. And the and the other side of that, you know, if you're if you're one in five or you're one in six and whatever, that ain't true either. When they talk all that other stuff about you, but I think this is a phenomenal football team. Joe Burrow, like you guys know, and Jamar Chase and that defense. I mean, it's exciting and it's fun to watch. And to go into Baltimore cool. and do that to the Ravens on their home field, I didn't. I never saw that coming. I know, and I don't know anybody anybody else who would have said, "Hey, look, I picked the Bengals. They were going to crush the Ravens, forty-one to seventeen. This is going to be a beatdown." You know, uh, maybe ma- mattress <laughs> Dave or mattress Mac or what is that? Hey, he's about oh, to man. Man. hey, Atlanta. Though, yeah, they bet on Atlanta or Houston? Houston. 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 Oh, see, I thought Houston he was Astros. From, yeah, but I thought yeah, he was he, from Houston, so he bets on the other team. Because no, the deal is if the Houston's they run a special. If Houston wins the World Series, he gives away. Free mattresses. So he's going to make up for his lost mattresses if Houston wins by betting on them to win. Oh, Ooh. and then he gets better off, so he that, actually makes money off it. Is that called hedging? I believe it is. Yeah. yeah. What do you know? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you are too Italian to be saying that, sir. <laughs> you are too Italian Hell to be yeah. saying no, that. No, but, but hey, but the Cincinnati deal, that can be a scary thing. We talked about that before about riding high and playing really, really good and then. Going into you know the lowly Jets and and you know you guys talked about Coach Bob right Sala let's show yeah let's go <laughs> they were on him this week too you look listen to Stephen A and all these guys about you know this whole deal and 
you know, a certain way we talked about it before, show your passion, show your juice, show your energy, show your, inspire those fucking kids yeah. to go play some damn football. Yeah, because Bob, whenever he was coming out of San Fran and everybody wanted him, he was the high energy Maniac. guy. Here we are. Now it's like he's a head coach. He has a different cap on. Now, granted, he doesn't have the team that he had in San Fran, and that's where we were all introduced to him. But it does seem like a much like a corporate Bob. It mm-hmm. almost feels yeah, like a corporate Bob. And it's like, hey, I don't know if. But granted, we talked to Aaron Rodgers, you know, after they had joint practices, and we asked him about Zach, and he said. Zach's going to have to wait until that team gets a little bit better, I think. So yeah. that was like an indicator to me, like, oh, Aaron Aaron just practiced against his team. I was like, this team is bad. Yeah. That is kind of – he didn't say that, but kind of ipso facto. But maybe a little juice, maybe a little buy-in could turn that entire thing around, especially with the young team. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, hard to have juice when the Pats are beating you like a fucking drum. Too, <laughs> That's a lot. Know? That's a lot of points. Yeah, a lot of points. Uh, 41. A lot of points. 50. 54? Wow. Uh-huh. Hey, that, we've been on the other end of that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chuck, the uh, Lions went to the Rams, and the Lions basically did everything they could with the fake punts and onside kicks. Have you ever had to prepare for a team that you know is going to unload the chamber and legitimately try everything to win, or have you been on a team where you guys are going to do all those type of things, and what? how is that process throughout the week preparing for it or preparing to do it yeah not to that uh magnitude but certainly yes on on both ends of that and you know having you know pat you know on our team um the the surprise onside kicks the stuff that he could do with that leg uh and and we i don't know how many you got pat but we always had those uh you know in our arsenal uh, we had bullets, you know, and the gun prepared. We always wanted to go into a game if something would show itself, um, you know, the throws and things like that. You know, we kind of put those on ice, but uh, the onside kicks were unbelievable. <laughs> but, no, the onside kicks and things like that. You know, when it when you play a team like Detroit, I think when you're the other the opposing team, you always think, okay, because you can look at it two ways. Okay, he's being very, very aggressive. He's coaching his ass off. He's trying everything to give his team the best possible chance to win this football game. Or you can look at it like these some bitches are desperate as hell. All right. They're going to do anything in this football game uh, to try to get an extra possession to win this football game. And, you know, they get it. They get up seven nothing. They try the onside, the surprise onside. They get it. So uh, you go into a deal saying, hey, they're, you know, they're desperate. They're going to try anything and everything, uh, you know, to try to win this game. So you pre- uh, prepare, excuse me, your team accordingly in all three phases to handle all that. How stuff. about that PP sweep? It didn't even look like there was an edge anywhere near being set there on that. Whenever the Rams, the Lions were punting their second fake punt or whatever, that PP direct snap. There wasn't even a thought or an edge. There wasn't even a person on the sideline, I don't think. And this is why I said, like, this this could go on coaching. There's normally three to four people yelling from the sideline, whether it was me, Vinny, Tom McMahon, Mo, who's now at Green Bay. If the situa- You, if the situation called for it, hey, what, eyes up here. Like, hey, watch the ball. Like, hey, let's, you know, like there was some sort of indication, like, Hey, let's remind these, just like whenever uh, kickoff return, hey, watch the ball being kicked so that there is no surprise onside kick. Like, I feel like whenever I was very lucky to be a part of a team, there was always some people screaming that. And I was always like, at first, obviously these professionals know, but there's a lot of shit to think about on every single play. Who's my guy? Who am I blocking? Which way we running? How do I got to go set this block up? So there's always like those reminders, like, hey, watch it. It felt like there was none of that for the Rams. How do you? 
How do you how do you not ever have somebody put an edge on any football play? Ever. 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 How do you not how do you not ever go force a punt? You know, say you're playing you're doubling, you know, outside, you know, and you got a light box, you got six in the box, you still gotta go force the punt. You know, because if everybody just holds up and turns and run, you've seen the one where you just act like you're punting and you just run right behind everybody down the field because they're, you know, they're you know blocking their guy. But you always have somebody force a kick. You always have an edge on everything. And like you said, we're all screaming. I don't care if it's fourth and, and, and a million. Watch the thing. Watch the thing. <laughs> God damn it. Get outside. Do this. And then the ball snap it's kicked. You're just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's real, though. And that's why I was so impressed that the Lions got two fakes. It was yeah. like there was some after a surprise onside, one fake where Jack Fox threw an absolute dime, a seed uh, to the gunner. And then after that third one, it's, at some point you would think everybody would be like, hey, eyes up here. This team seems to be doing whatever the hell they want to do. They no, do- no. So before, so to that point, Pat, you know, to that point, you're thinking, okay, we've got a fake and then a fake. Okay, there's no more. You're the special teams coach, Tommy Man. Hey, don't worry about any more of that shit. There's no way they're going to try this again. And then you're like, huh? Uh, they spent their entire special teams periods practicing all those things. The amount of time that had to be put in for that to happen, unbelievable. They had a plan. They executed it. They still didn't win, which has to be a record. Two fake punts successfully and a surprise onside kick. Still lost, but the other team didn't cover. Son of a bitch! Come on. Uh, but go ahead, Ty. Coach, Joe Barry's not coaching the defense for the Packers on Thursday night because of uh, COVID. It, was there any like ever a situation when you were a D coordinator? Like, Would you prepare guys that, like, hey, you might have to call the plays if I'm not going to be there? And how much of an actual drop-off or difference do you think it is from the D coordinator giving all the calls to someone who has to fill in for him? Yeah, Ty, I don't think um, – I think there's, there, there is a drop-off. Because um, there's a feel, you know, there's a rhythm to this stuff. Your voice being heard, you know, whether he calls it in over the coach to mic or not, but it's a different voice, a different way to call things, a different mindset. You can put the game plan together. He's still involved in the Zoom calls. He's talking to the assistant coaches, this, that, and the other. But it's not his voice. It's not his gut. It's not his experience uh, of doing that job. And, you know, uh, sitting on, sitting, you know, as a position coach or sitting in the living room, you know, it seems a hell of a lot easier than it really is. So, um, yeah, there's a drop off. You know, uh, I, I certainly think um, the coaches that that's going to call it, you know, uh, again, they're talking about the game plan. They're going through, um, you know, this, that and the other. You know, it's probably not a bad idea. If I was Joe, I, I wouldn't be sad going to Arizona, you know, to play that football team. If I'm going to miss one, if I'm going to miss if I'm going to miss a game. This is the damn one I'm going to miss, you know. Kyler, what do you call him? An alien, right? Yeah, yeah. he is in the alien. He's in the conversation. Yeah, oh, he's just in the conversation? Well, I mean, last year he had glimpses of it. You know, like Lamar Jackson, alien. Okay, he, because every time he, th- last year there was glimpses of it. Now this, I mean, I guess seven games in at this point, we can. He is. Yeah, yeah. he is. Yeah, that he throw is. he made to A.J. Green. Off balance, Third. foot spread. Boom, 56 yards or something like that in a bucket. A.J. Green catches it and just walks out of bounds. There was three people around him. It's like Kyler Murray is on a different planet. Yeah, so he is an alien. Yeah, yeah, Kyler Murray is a fish. Congrats, Kyler. Congrats, Congrats Kyler. Good work. being officially dubbed an alien by our, by our show. Is there, like, whenever you have a team, for instance, the power rankings came out today, Chuck. 
And the Buffalo Bills were at one, then they were at two, they lose, they stay at three or whatever, four, they come out of a bye week. What do you think the message is from McDermott there for that team? Just, hey, we need to get back on track. They lose to the Titans, right? And then they go into a bye week. And the Titans are a team that is uh, not being talked about by anybody. I think they deserve a little bit more credit for the team they are. But coming out of a bye week with a team like the Bills, what do you expect that McDermott said? What do you think they work on? And how do you think they look going forward? Yeah, I don't think Sean had to say much, to be honest with you. I mean, that's a that's a veteran coach. He's been with that team a long time now. Um, they know what to expect, you know, from him and uh, uh, what he expects from from that football team. Um, they still got Josh Allen, who I think is, you know, so maybe you know top three, maybe the top player in the National Football League right now. I mean, that kid is is whoa, phenomenal, whoa, whoa. and they got a they got a great defense. They had a they had a bad outing against King Henry. And the Titans, and and yeah, the Titans should be a little bit uh, feel a little bit disrespected uh, because Buffalo's still in that top tier. I think they're still in the top five in the power rankings. Usually, you go out of it, but I think what they're looking at is is hey, look, you know, um, you know, they've been together long enough. They looked at that film. They made they made the corrections. Uh, they fixed what they need to fix, and it's easy fixes. It isn't it isn't major. I mean, a guy a guy just get off that block. You know, defending Henry, if he just tear off that block and make that tackle and get him on the ground, you know, eight yards is one thing, 72 is, a, is another and, and all those kind of things. So um, it's not time to hit the panic button. Shoot, they got beat by, in week one by the Steelers, right? Yeah. Right? And everybody's like, oh, crap. But, no, that's a damn good football team with a ton of great players and a great quarterback and, and a, a great coach in McDermott no, and Leslie Frazier no, and Dable. I mean, they got a freaking staff. They got everything. Yeah. That's a wagon up there. That is a wagon up there. Bill's, right? Ma- Bill's Mafia. So I don't think to answer your question, I, I, you know, he didn't have to say much. They just, they just can't wait. I can't imagine going two weeks though, having to buy after a loss like that. That's hard. That's hard. And they're going to be, they're going to be chomping at the bit to get back on the field. I guarantee you that. Hey, Chuck, what happens tomorrow night? Green Bay travels out to play the Cardinals. Devontae's out. Lazard is out. Does this somehow almost free the Packers up? Because it's like, all right, hey, like expectations aren't too high for us to win this one with these guys out and our D coordinator not on the sidelines. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, you're going to play with house money. Um, I mean, this seems like an easy one for the betters and everybody that likes to do that stuff um, to jump all over Arizona. It's a, you know, it's a short week. You're out your play, signal caller on defense. You're out the offensive personnel that you're talking about, Lazard, and, and, and the best wide receiver in the game. But you still got Aaron. Um, you still have a bunch of you know good players. You got a defense that's flying around, uh, opportunistic, making plays. Um, yeah, scary, scary. And I don't know what that does to Cliff Kingsbury and uh, his Cardinal outfit. I think that group's flying high as well, but. Um, you know, don't just think you're going to roll the ball out. You can just show up at the stadium and lace up your cleats, and this is going to be an easy one. Not certainly with Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP of the National Football League, coming to town. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. Pre- he's pretty good at football. I mean, you said Josh Allen was better than him, and I guess that is something we'll have to talk about on future Coaches Up Chuck Wednesdays. But Aaron Rodgers is getting, for the people that like gambling, you know, which would be us, uh, yeah. you know, Chuck, not you. If you're getting seven points with Aaron Rodgers, that is going to be tough to say no. I guess Arizona could potentially buzzsaw, but Aaron with the points, Thursday night is going to be amazing no matter who's missing, just like every single Coach's Up Chuck Wednesday segment. We appreciate you live in Boulder. Tell the entire family, all the generations of Paisans, we said hello over there. 
Hey, I didn't. I said maybe top three. He's not better than Aaron. Okay, let's well, be no, <laughs> Yeah, you ran it back. A little you bit. did. You did a little bit. A little bit. I love you guys. Take care, man. Hey, you too, ladies and gentlemen. Chuck, we're going on. Yeah, the power is now. That's right. Boom. The power is now. In joining us to be here right now. A man who is his own universe of destruction whenever he was on the football field. Hell yeah. A man who is an alchemist of pain whenever he would dive at other people's heads with his helmet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to work Pat Tillman's story into this. <laughs> he won glory. He did times. win glory, but, I, but, but yeah. yeah. He's still in Ballard. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Yeah. Hey, I was a and the Chuck Berry, yeah. of course. Yeah. I, I was going to get the, I thought I was going to get the entire book club potentially in there, and I couldn't wait to get to the Sun Tzu Art of War <laughs> reference I was going to make about you. But AJ, thank you for joining us. A guy called to ask a question to you like four minutes ago, six minutes, I guess it had to be more than about 10 minutes ago. It made the show worse, so I had to hang up on him. Hopefully he'll call back. I think it was something about your chin is what Mitt mm-hmm. told me. So people are speculating about your chin, which is also fantastic. Um, speaking of chin, the NFL is taking it right on the chin right now. Okay, mm-hmm. The NFL is getting beat down over how they've handled this Washington football team, Bruce Allen investigation. This is currently all taking place at the owner and league meetings. And there has been two one-per-club meetings, our sources have told us, Ian Rappaport, last night and this morning, where Mark Davis is apparently on a much different page than Jerry Jones, who's speaking for the entire NFL whenever Jerry Jones says that he thinks the NFL handled this right and there doesn't need to be more emails released or anything like that. Mark Davis, AJ, I, I cannot wait for this to be your first reaction on this beautiful <laughs> coach's up, Chuck. Mark Davis looked like this and said this when he was asked how the NFL handled it and if he, they should release all of the 650,000 plus emails. Do you want to see it? Right <laughs> um, <laughs> probably, yeah. I, I think that there should be. Yeah. Especially with some of the things that were, uh, I guess, uh, charged. Yeah, I, I believe so. I think people believe that, that deserve it, especially the people that were, quote, victims. Okay, so Mark Davis obviously looks absurd. Okay, (laughs) he has the freshest haircut in New York. His mustache also fantastic. Has a backpack over a starter bomber jacket. Backpack on while sitting on chair with back, awkwardly. He is obviously a hysterical man, but he wants the emails released, and I think it's because... His team was obviously greatly affected by this whenever it was learned of how the head coach would. Your thoughts on just the entire turmoil and Mark Davis as a human, A.J. Hawk. Well, first off, I love Mark Davis as a human. Just everything about it. The backpack, why you're sitting down in this high back chair, like couldn't get more uncomfortable. Everybody's (laughs) above you asking questions. Looking down. That picture, like, doesn't that give you a little anxiety thinking if you had to be that person with everyone looking down on you just asking all these questions? That haircut gives me anxiety, AJ. Unreal. I love that. Yeah. My hair looks good, man. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Davis is obviously a classic character, and John Gruden resigned because of the emails that were made public that 
showed him saying very, very terrible things that the NFL does not want to have being represented by a leader in the NFL and John Gruden. So he, and there was also more from Mark Davis talking about how the NFL knew this for months, this information, before the leak happened, and he wished he would have been given a little bit of a heads up. As July. Opposed- July, they concluded their, their investigation, right? So they could have told them before the season. So Mark Davis not happy about that. I assume it got a bit contentious, but these owners' meetings, it's crazy right now over there. And I, I don't know if the owners expected this to be like this or not. Congress is there. There's protests from victims of the workplace environment that the Washington football team had for decades. There's every meet. I mean, it is. I don't want to talk about this shit because it's like, you know. You sport. kind of have to, though. Are other people? Is this something that's being reported on by, like, is ESPN talking a lot about it? Is NFL Network? What are they doing with it? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, NFL well, Network this morning had uh, if. <laughs> yeah, what player coach uh, would you want to see in blank costume? Yeah, so it was that's a good the, question. Very relevant. The Tom Paul Brady and Jordan up. debate this morning. That's right. No, yeah. They did a lot of Tom Brady LeBron. Tom Brady LeBron, sorry. Yeah, which is a good conversation. I mean, I feel like you would have to do i mean the nfl network does have their reporters there so technically like and I judy batista uh-huh. pelicero but the Ian owners Rowe. though don't you feel like maybe the the owners feel different they feel like there's all this heat surrounding them and like oh how are we going to handle this what are we going to do from how i view this i feel like the owners know like hey we can do whatever we want like we can't be forced to do anything we're going to do whatever we want this cycle is going to turn over they're going to stop talking about all of this here in three four five days and then it's going to be forgotten about. That's what I feel like the owners are doing. The owners have always, I think, not just the owners in the NFL, but a lot of people in high-ranking positions have always kind of like, the next wave will come. When the next wave comes, then ours will just like a wave in the ocean will just kind of dissipate into the sand. People will remember, you know, the seashells that are left there behind from it, but it won't be something that'll be the prevalent conversation. But this one feels like it's going to only continue to go. Remember, and, and this is this is something that... Um, you know, it's very different, and there's probably been other examples that might be better, but you remember, like, the Barry Bond stuff mm-hmm. and the A-Rod stuff and the Clemens stuff and the baseball stuff? That just started as something that was just kind of like, oh, this is happening within our thing, and then it kind of, you know, got washed over, but then it came back, and it ended up with them sitting down in front of Congress, right? It, yeah. It, was it Congress? Or I don't it know. It was Congress, they're yeah. They're sitting down in front Henry of... Henry Waxman. Boom. I, I don't know who that is, but yeah, they're sitting there, and they're talking... Is Henry Waxman a part of Congress? Yeah, he was the one. He was, like, lead the charge he was the one who knew baseball yeah knew what was going on and wasn't happy about it right okay so that could potentially happen whenever you're talking about a six hundred fifty thousand email investigation by the nfl where the nfl knows where there's very real consequences potentially on the other side of it like the um chief marketing officer for the washington football team for a long time came out and said that if those emails were released what she thinks would be seen is serial sexual assault and serial sexual abuse allegations or something like that and it's like okay that's why the government would potentially because not only is it an investigation so the government's probably pretty interested in investigations right that's what the fucking government does is investigations they're pretty pumped about that but also there's very real potential outcomes in the real world that they potentially want to look like Hey, we are standing up for this, right? Which we know politics, that is something that happens. So this could become something that is very huge, especially with the protesting. And uh, there's one. That's going to do it. If that's the, if, and I know there, isn't there a lawyer there that's representing like 40 people that are victims from all of this? And, and I don't know what all the victims are of, but isn't a lot of it like sexual assault, sexual abuse type harassment yeah. for victims? Yeah. Hara- yeah. I so think, yeah. those people, 
and rightfully so. They want everything out. They're going to make the most noise and get to drive enough traffic to where people, I think, just can't ignore it anymore and they can't move on if they are going to force these things out. It's incredibly loud right now. It's the, the only conversation other than the COVID in Deshaun Watson, which is another entire conversation. Allegedly, he's getting traded only to Miami. Carolina Panthers no longer interested. The Dolphins' uh, Miami Herald reporter named uh, Jacob? Barry Jackson? Jackson, yeah. Uh, Nowhere near. Jay with a B, though. Barry Jackson. Yeah, bad brain, though. This was a a Trot Vincent type situation. (laughs) There's a lot going on. Yeah, Barry Jackson, anyway. He of the Miami Herald... Uh, is reporting that the Houston Chronicle reported that the Dolphins and Texans have agreed on a trade. And basically it came out that it was, you know, three first-rounders that have been agreed on via the Houston Chronicle or being traded. And the Stephen Ross only would like, only okay with this if he had clarity on the law situation, legal situation. But that isn't going to be settled by November 2nd. So what is Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald reporting? Well, he's reporting that the Houston Chronicle is reporting something. And then John fucking McClain of the Houston Chronicle said, I never reported that. So who's cooking up bullshit here? It seems like everybody at this point. Everyone involved. Everyone involved has, I mean, there's just so much out there. I don't know what to believe. I I have no idea. And could I guess could uh, could Miami go to Raj and be like, hey, I understand we haven't done yet. Your investigation hasn't happened, but could you give us some kind of range on how long Deshaun could possibly be out? Could, would they do that? Okay, so I was actually we were talking about this before the show out there. What if Miami said, and I don't think this has happened before, so the NFL would have to make an exemption for this because this is twenty-two very serious allegations off the field. Like this is not. You know, that's a lot. And uh, obviously, without the commissioner's exemption list in play, which Roger Goodell said he is not privy to all the information to make a decision to put uh, Deshaun on the commissioner's exemption list. He said he's not ready for it. They don't have the information. They're going to wait for other people's investigation and doesn't want to interfere or anything like that. It's a... It's an interesting way because if he makes a ruling and then something comes out afterwards, Roger Goodell is in a pretty bad spot. The NFL is in a pretty bad spot, Them, which I thought was what the exemption list was for, though. Like, I thought it was like, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. You're kind of in limbo here. So we're going to put you on the list. He said there's not enough information to put him on the list. But with 22 allegations and Stephen Ross saying he would like to get a little clarity on the legal situation and the NFL situation – is there a way that he potentially would like to, hey, let's agree to the trade before November 2nd, but it is voided, you know, like he won't join the team. He will, We won't have him join our team until everything gets uh, kind of clarified off the field. And if it ends up he can't play, it is voided. And that means it would have to have an expiration date before the next draft, I guess, because that's when the trade would be. Is that what he's potentially looking for? If any part of this is real from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, if that is what Stephen Ross is looking for, that shit ain't going to get figured out in five, six days. I mean, there's no, no way that nope. it's figured out in six days. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going into that. I don't know how – how they'd work that out legally. I mean, they could, if they want to, they could figure anything out, really. It's like if someone is being traded, and it's, but it's contingent on them passing their physical. It could be something like that. But this one could be, this could be what, six, eight months from now. We have no idea. What's the, what's the rush for the Dolphins here? It's not like they get Deshaun Watson, he plays, and they make the playoffs. Like, why don't they, they think w- that. wait? I mean, they're one they and five, one think and that. six. There's no way. You, you think that? I mean, do you maybe. Think they, do you think they think there's any chance he plays this year? 
Well, so he even, could. If even he, further, what's the rush? Gumpy, yeah. can you come in here, please, Gumpy? I mean, it's hard to see Gumpy mm-hmm. back in the back there. We might as well get Gumpy out here anyways because Jet yeah. Passon's oh, yeah. coming. Showdown. You know what yeah. I mean? Jet Passon's coming back on what, the show. What happened? Uh, last time, uh, Gumpy and Jet talked to each other on uh, recorded, you know, on camera. Jet dunked on Gumpy. Oh, you're right. Yep, got it. He I called remember. him gr- uh, Grandpa or whatever. Grandpa. You know, Grandpa. Grandpa. Because he asked a boring old rule or something about an old rule. And uh, Jet was like, Jesus, this guy. Yeah. What are you, 90 years old? He got dunked on. We, we'll get to that whenever Jet joins us here in about 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Gumpy, real quick. Dolphins. What is the purpose of getting Deshaun in there in the next six days contingent upon everything being uh, kind of handled and justice found off the field with everything he's got going on there? Other than just to potentially continue to piss off Tua and maybe make the team continue to be kind of driven apart. What's going on down there in the Dolph fam, the Fins Up community gump? My only thought that makes sense is Chris Greer is trying to save his job. This is his last-ditch effort because he screwed up every fucking draft pick he's had to try and trade every draft pick we have left to get to Sean Watson. Chris Greer is the general manager yes. of the Miami Dolphins. And now, he is also the one that drafted Tua, right? Yeah. In Tua, if you look at the pro football focus uh, grades and rankings, right. he's top five in a few different stats. I don't know if it's wins. It isn't. But it is some other stats, uh, stats that prove that he can be Maybe a good football player. Yeah. Maybe Tua becomes a great football player. We know nothing about him at this point, but why would Chris Greer, who's the general manager who drafted Tua, want to move on from Tua just a year, less than two years after drafting Tua? It makes no sense. And Stephen Ross is an asshole. Okay. He is. I mean, he was asked a question yesterday. He could have just answered it like a normal human being. He said, I know what you're going to ask. See you later. And just walked no, off. No, but I don't think he knew what we were gonna, what the person was going to ask, right? Because uh-huh. it could have been could have been Deshaun Tua. But also, he's an owner. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of emails. Yeah, there's a, so he, uh, I know what you're going to ask. Uh, well, I got, I got a lot of questions. You want A, B, or C? I mean, this could yeah. be a whole thing. But with the – I don't – fully comprehend why you would want to do this. And if they traded him, if Deshaun was traded to Miami for three first-rounders and it was contingent upon whatever happens off the field, so it's like kind of in limbo, uh, purgatory, glooming. If everything gets handled, he'll be in Miami. What does that do for Tua while he's just sitting there? You know, there's like no good outcome, I don't think. And maybe this is just all bullshit because we're six days away or five days away from the trade deadline. But now it's coming from Miami and from Houston. What do they know that Ian doesn't know? Or Ian's like, I don't think this is imminent or whatever and Tua has legitimately played eight games so what in those eight games has told you anything different from the tape that you've watched on why you drafted him so you're furious about this even being in a conversation still I mean you, I'm loyal as a dog I'm stuck with this fucking team forever that's who a lot of people I don't I, think you have to be yeah, I don't about Tua, that's who I am stuck with Tua? I mean that's who I am yeah what if Tua leaves will you go follow Tua no no you're stuck with the team yeah that's why I'm so pissed off you know, the team could become the next Tampa, right? I mean, that potentially, AJ, I don't know if he has any ear things in, so I apologize. I'll relay your question because he did ask about Tua. He was the one that asked about Tua. But why do you feel this such a strong allegiance to this team that seems to be just dancing on your grundle every chance they get in your happiness? Born and raised. That was, that's all I know. Dolphins football, as bad as it is. Here we are. All right. Who's that come right. from? Hey, baby, he didn't have Is that from his dad from? or family? Yeah. Who's that come from, AJ Sam? My dad, my old man, Larry Zonka. Then I was Your Marino growing Zonka? up, so <laughs> we had some good times. I don't think his dad is Larry Zonka. Thank you, Gumpy, yeah. though. We South appreciate it. Hey, baby, Gump. 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 
Barry Zonka, uh, host of co-host of American Gladiators back in the day. Yeah, That's right. Great. He's hey, a weapon. American Gladiators a allegedly player. making a return. I would. Th there's not a lot of like network stuff I would like to be a part of. I would like to host that show. I feel like yeah. that is a show that I should potentially. I'd be like a part to shoot of. the tennis ball gun at the oh, contestant. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, you should definitely be Malibu or something up there. Yeah. Two hundred and thirty pounds of twisted steel in sex appeal. Yeah. Say hello to the infinite chin, AJ Hawk. That'd be awesome. Nah, I mean I need a spray <laughs> tan and about forty pounds of muscle from some juice. Yeah, but there is. Okay, you can do whatever you want yeah, for our show. Juicy. If I'm running American Gladiator. To be an American Gladiator, I would imagine, especially at the advanced age that I am, those guys are young. Well, we don't know what they could be. They could be anything, by the way. It could be you. You could be the American Gladiator. We could shape a game around your strengths. By yeah. the way. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just, hey, you have to run your head into an American Gladiator with a helmet on 10 times. And if you can walk out of the uh, arena, the park, you get a point. Way to go. That'll be the infinite one, chin. One point. That'll be one, one point. Yeah. There we go. One point. And you would have to do that against, I guess. I mean, they had. Two American, two. You would have Turbo to Ball was fucking AJ Hawk's game. That's they had the game. little, ba you know, the little uh -huh. baskets moving around. It's just one on one. He'd just be fucking chewing guys up and spitting them out. American <laughs> Gladiators is such a good fucking show. I yeah. don't know how it's taken this long to come back, but if it does happen, and I would like at least a shot to potentially host that thing. I feel like, AJ, I think you should definitely be a fucking gladiator, too. I mean, what is it going to be? It's going to be you, The Rock, that guy. Bobby Carpenter. General Bob. Yeah. Jeez. Happy Jake Laser. Hey, happy birthday, Brady Quinn. Maybe Brady Quinn. Oh, yeah, Brady. Hell yeah. yeah, Brady be good. Darius Butler mm -hmm. is probably going to be in the ball game, if I had to guess. that uh, The ball. Team. Turbo yeah. ball? Yeah, the turbo ball game. Guy Fieri. Yes. I don't know if oh. uh, gladiator guys. Yeah. Daniel Fietti on the joust. Yeah. Oh, so that would be against Mario Batali. That'd be a good one. All right, easy. You already got trying to ruin the game. What are you talking about? Chef versus Cole. chef. That's not allowed to happen. Uh, chef versus chef can happen. All right. I'm just talking about American <laughs> gladiators, where one person is trying to beat these Goliaths, these superheroes, these superhumans, and become champions, so they can bring not only cash back to the house but a lot of legacy yeah. and folklore stories hell yeah malibu was by far the og of that whole thing oh, yeah. did i tell you there was one time where i wanted to set up the uh the the gat the tennis ball gatling gun up mm -hmm. here in the office and set up an entire thing because we kind of have it built mm -hmm. we kind of have that thing ready and Turns out it's harder to get that tennis ball Gatling gun than you could imagine. Yeah. It's not that bullshit. It's not that easy just to get that thing to show up next day whenever you need it, which is kind of bullshit, actually. Mm -hmm. That's the only one I've ever seen. Have you ever seen anyone else shoot something like that? I mean, that's like air load. You got what compressed air shooting it? Like it's it's oh, pretty amazing. Remember, it was uh, bold action too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. they had to load that. Sometimes thing. it would get jammed. You know, the oh, good oh, guys yeah. would jam it. Oh. It was a modified potato gun. Project. Have you seen some of those uh, pumpkin guns? Oh, yeah. They shoot pumpkins or pumpkins? cannons, I guess, or cannons, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. What? People are launching cannons. Holy launching. shit. Especially in this Halloween season. Yeah, I haven't oh, yeah. seen as many pumpkins getting cannoned uh, as of late. There's a on shortage. The, there's a shortage on what? Cannons or pumpkins? Probably both. Probably oh, both. no. It's because all those robot dogs are taking all the fucking Dumb. cannons. That's right. <laughs> Sticking them the on their back. Oh, let's bounce around the NFL a little bit. Alan Lazard, he is out for tomorrow night's matchup against the Cardinals, A.J. Hawk. He is the third member of the Green Bay Packers organization to end up on Uncle COVID's naughty list. 
He uh, he's a close contact to Devonte. He is not vaccinated. This is room. This is news coming from Ian Rappaport. So he's out. Mm-hmm. So not only is Uncle COVID still happening, close contacts to Uncle COVID is still happening. Haven't heard this in some time. This might only continue to grow as the season goes. Looks like the Green Bay Packers are the first victim of this thing. And I, I assume the Packers are getting tested today and tomorrow because they are the, in the elevated protocol. So. Unfortunately, this might not be the last person that gets put on the list, but at least when it comes to close contacts, to be to be sat down for close contacts, it has to be that you're unvaccinated. So we know more players are vaccinated than unvaccinated, so there's probably no more close contacts coming out, I'm guessing. Well, that was the big question that I had, because we never hear the updated numbers. Remember going into the season, it was like, this team's at 89%. Oh. This team's at 96%. Whoa, ding, ding, ding. This team is at 100% vaccination. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, is everybody they're going to bring in then obviously going to be there as well? Have we got an updated stat on vaccination rates? Yes. We do, says Tony. Yesterday, Dr. Alan Sills was speaking, I believe, at the owner's Hey, by the way, Alan Sills, doc, Dr. Alan Sills, the mm-hmm. NFL's doctor, he and Fouch have been American Gladiators jousting. Uh, for some time. Oh, yeah. For some time. Dr. Alan Sills has been the authority on the medical conversation for the NFL for some time. Lied about it, too. Like, uh, we've actually done our own research, Fatch. Thanks. We are going to have our fucking games. <laughs> Sorry. Fascinating situation. Now he's coming out with the vaccination numbers. He said uh, 94.1% of NFL players are vaccinated. Uh, he said that yesterday. What is it? 1,200? 1, one, there's like 13, 1,400 people in the NFL. I forget if you do the math in. I remember that number being presented to me the first time I made a team. Like, congratulations. This is how many people are in the NFL. This is how many people tried to be in the NFL. This is how many people started when you started. It was like one of those graphs or whatever that was very cool. So that's still 6%, right? Mm-hmm. 5.9%, I guess. That is not, that's still probably a pretty good number, right? Still a pretty good amount that's of number. That's a high number. Yeah. Oh, you're saying some, don't, some teams don't, are 100, not. right? Yeah, maybe. And then we, some teams are still low. Like the Colts. They were allegedly low on the vaccination rate, and mm-hmm. then now we're still seeing play. Like, if a player has a mask on the sideline, that is a direct indicator. Not vaccinated. Yeah. But in Baltimore, it seems like everybody who does press conference has to wear it whenever they're inside. Well, didn't we talk about that? Isn't that like a city ordinance type deal? Like the city's yeah. making them do that? And so is there any cities that are making players wear the mask on a sideline that are vaccinated or that are not vaccinated? Because then that maybe goes into who, who's got it, who doesn't got it. He also said yesterday that there is zero evidence of transmission on, during outdoor games. Outdoor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. What about dome? Yeah. What about domes? I'd have to ask Doctor. Still Allen. crunching was, the numbers on that. That would change. Well, they count the Colts as you know because Colts is an open stadium. Also, whatever Jim wants it to be. Didn't the Packers just play in an open stadium and then two of their or at least one of their players? Yeah, one they're of their saying coaches? they probably got it off the field. Okay. Right. That's probably what they're saying they got it as. I mean, I would assume. Yeah, potentially. What happens with the holiday season coming up? You know, oh. holiday season coming up. There's going to be a lot of potential. Can't inter- do it. Aren't we waiting to see if we're allowed? That's well, true. that's Christmas. Fouch said maybe no Christmas. I, I don't oh. know if everybody's good or not. You know, they got idea. If, if we can have Christmas, which is awesome, but I'm talking about players in the NFL. I'm not talking about everybody on earth. I'm talking about players potentially going home, seeing family, chit-chatting with people. There's a chance that this is going to happen, and people are still going to have to miss games for this. I wonder if players are acting like they had to act last year because the world is much different than it was last year. This year, Everything is open, basically, at this point. And people aren't being tested to go in there. Now, granted, there is, uh, when I was out in California, there's signs that say on the front door, 
FDA has recommended or mandatory if you're not vaccinated to wear a mask. If you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. And I would open the door into the store and everybody in there was masked. I was like, oh, everybody in here hates vaccinations, I guess. Or are they just putting the mask on top of that? So I think there is like a give and take for who's comfortable where. But the players have to act as if it's the same as it was last year, right? Because I got vaccinated and I got COVID. I wouldn't have been able to produce a negative test for 11 days. That could have been two, three games almost. It's a wild. Hey, this is wild that Uncle COVID is still knocking people out of the NFL. Oh, it absolutely is. And I think we've talked about it over the months and like months and months ago when you guys announced 35 different times that everybody beat COVID. Well, it's over. Calm down. You guys, you know, you did that, but I feel like. The majority of players are vaccinated in the NFL, and I feel like the majority of them are going about their daily lives like they normally would during a normal regular season. They're not acting as much like they were last year where you legit like weren't seeing anybody. Okay, so let's keep an eye on that because Devontae, Lazard, Joe Barry Thursday night in the biggest game the NFL has had this season between two teams that are definitely going to be dancing later in the playoffs, maybe even see each other very late in the NFC Championship are out a couple big time stars. We got to keep an eye on it. We interrupt this conversation to let you know that Bolin Branch knows high quality sleep doesn't stop at your mattress. Their ultra soft organic sheets are transparently sourced and produced in safe, fair conditions. You'll feel a difference and know you're making one. They started with a mission, produce the highest quality sheets on the market and make the world a better place in the process. Today, they're still the best choice for anyone who wants comfort that lasts. I just put a pair of these sheets on my bed at my new house. Not only are they one of the most comfortable sets of sheets I've ever slept on, they look great, they go with the decor in my room, and they help ensure that I get the best possible sleep I could every single night I lay down on them. The Signature Hem Sheets are beloved bestsellers for good reason. They get softer with every wash. Buttery soft, lightweight, and 100% organic cotton satin weave that's perfect for all seasons. They come in a variety of colors and in all sizes, from twin up to California king. And they're made to a higher standard. With a toxin-free process and fair trade certification to ensure workers are paid fair living wages. Founded in 2014 by husband and wife Scott and Missy Tannen, it all came down to a choice to do what's right. And that's to give more sleepers more choices for high-quality sheets at a fair price. To experience the best sheets you've ever felt, choose Bowl and Branch. You can try them worry-free for 30 nights with free shipping and returns. And Pat's listeners get an exclusive 15% off their first set of sheets with promo code PAT at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H dot com promo code pat back to the show talking about big time stars though it is time to chit chat with one of those Ooh. now we're not 100 sure his height or weight right no not at all that has been called into question in the office more often than i appreciate okay we need to stay away from that whole thing but what i say that a guy has brought us so much information that we did not know. When I say a man has made a sport that is not interesting, interesting to us for some time, I say that that man is one man. And ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the Jet to take off. Jeff Passing. Yeah, Jeff! 
Let's go! Uh, blew out your speaker, Jet. All right, listen, the Jet took off a little bit too hot. You were standing right next to the engine there. I think maybe the AirPods can't handle the excitement that we all have that you're back on the show, Jet. The World Series is happening. I knew that started yesterday, obviously, when I was told about it live on air. 6-2 dominant win for the Braves. Here we go. Chipper Jones standing in the stands. The Houston Astros give up one at home. It looked like a dominant dominant win for the Braves. Are we looking at a four-game sweep right here for the Braves jet passing? Five foot nine, 170 pounds. Number two, dressed up for the occasion because this show is special. Oh. Number three, lettuce looks good today. Does it not, Patrick? <laughs> your, yeah, your hair does look yeah. incredible. Right wow. Yeah, looks yeah. pretty good right now. Yeah, it's looks glistening. Right it's got a good flow, too. Is that hairspray? Ooh, good lighting. No, no hairspray. It's all natural, baby. I got that soul glow. Come on. <laughs> oh, good for you, dude. Not me. I got uh, hairspray in my hair. Look, you look unbelievable. World Series, though. You have to show up. All it eyes is. on baseball I, right now. A hundred percent. And here's the thing. I've been getting requests, truly, Pat, on the streets. When are you going on McAfee? When are you going on McAfee? Really? Go back on McAfee. All the time. The people asked for this, Patrick. And you made it happen with the text this morning. And I appreciate that. So, if we're going to talk about baseball. Welcome back, Jack! There we go. It's great to have you. Can you go back to the other shot? I want to see Connor's hair. Looks good, dude. It's getting there, Jack. What the hell is going on with you? What are you, Magic? Is that, no, is that like a reaction to the Sox losing? Hey, Jed, how about the Sox having an over-under, what, 75 wins and we make it all the way to the ALCS? I am very happy with where the Sox are, pal. Jeez. I, I, I don't, you know, for the first time a few days ago, I don't know, I was, I was in, like a, in like a Reddit, you know, sometimes you get stuck there, and I saw, your, uh, I saw the video that you made to essentially get this job. Bare-chested, heater-ripping Connor. That's awesome. Is it ready? Connor, Connor, who's who's Liz? Oh, yeah. just a neighbor, just I'll an old neighbor. It. Yeah, way back in the day. Hey, it is an, that is a deep pool. Okay, I didn't yeah, know that was all right. That video saved a day for us. We were going through so many videos of people that potentially wanted to join us, and we're very thankful. And obviously, this is when we were at Barstool, and we made a call for interns. Ty came through, Zito, Foxy, and uh, Connor. The video of Connor, it rolled on my TV at my house. We went through like 100 of them. The boys all kind uh, Kind of went down 50 each. We went through 100 videos. And when Connors came on, he's wearing Timbo's khakis, shirtless. It's snowing, smoking a cigarette. Patty. That's what he said. <laughs> That's how he let off. And I was like, ah, oh, this guy. Love this guy. Huh? I'm happy you saw that. But his hair looks majestic, Jet. Just because your soul glow little comb over can't ever look as good as that. Never. We don't need you taking swings here early, Jet. All right? This yeah, is baseball no. celebration day, you know? You're right. It can't look as good. It just looks better. Sorry. Oh, uh, geez, Luis. I'm just, I, listen, talk I'm just talking baseball. reality here. Let's talk. Uh, you want to talk baseball? Do you really? Hold on. On this show, do you actually want to talk baseball? Well, the issue or is. You want to talk shit? Well, like, that's what this show is no, about. No, 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 no. This, this is a sports uh, show. This is a sports show. Yeah, right. We, um, okay. I didn't even know the fucking World Series was happening yesterday. Right? <laughs> I, I, I had no idea, but I did see on the internet that the Braves and Astros were still around. So that is really the only way I knew it. And I turned on a game at 9.54 p.m. last night. It was the third inning. Okay, so I don't know what you guys are doing. I have no idea yeah, how you're... I you, don't either. That was, I mean, that is a late, late, late no, it's finish. A, it's, it's, a pro, it's a problem. Like, it's a real problem now when 
the biggest games of the year start at 8 o'clock p.m. when you've been bleeding audience through the years on the day when the commissioner says, quite literally, Rob Manfred said yesterday, uh, we don't consider ourselves a national sport. We look at ourselves as uh, essentially 30 different markets. Um, and, and you have and you have games ending at midnight, like midnight on a weeknight. Uh, I got texts from friends this morning saying I fell asleep in the fifth inning last night and the games are too slow. They start too late. Uh, and, and here's the thing. There, there are really good teams and really good players involved in this. There are great storylines. Charlie Morton pitched on a broken leg last night. It was bad as hell, Pat. Like it was some football hockey stuff coming to baseball right there. Like a guy got hit with a comebacker at 102 miles per hour, went out, struck a dude out. Got another guy out, took the inning off, came back out and struck Jose Altuve out. Sixteen pitches and had a broken damn leg. Let's it was go! Yeah. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was really impressive, and people aren't watching because the games take too long. Like simple as that. And and, and I know there are baseball fans out there that say, okay, um, if you love the game, then you're going to watch the whole time. You're going to appreciate. It. I love baseball. Four plus hour games stink. Sorry, that's just the reality. I I agree. I've been preaching this a long time. Go ahead, AJ. So, Jet, I assume if Houston's able to close this thing out and win the World Series, all is forgiven, right? Everyone's going to be okay with the cheating scandal and all that, and they say, okay, they're legit? I don't know. I mean, I I hope so because people in Houston hate me. Like, Pat, I need need security details going around this. I I need you to come down with a bat and the tank tank top. Come on. No, No? I'm probably associated with you if I had to guess. I didn't know I'd get you off the show because I like that city of Houston. (laughs) I didn't know that that I was bringing on an enemy of Houston because I thought people used the video of you on this show. uh, Exactly. That's exactly right. Like, they do that to stand up for Jose Altuve all the time. It's like passing one on McAfee and said he wasn't wearing buzzers. And and it's uh, like I didn't do that to get back in their good graces. It's just they're they're perpetually angry, and it's okay because their sports team has been attacked as much as any team in like outside of the Patriots. Maybe like is there another team that's looked at by a vast majority of fans in a particular sport as villains the same way that the Astros are? Wasn't I, it, I, wasn't it being questioned this year too that their strikeout rates or their hit rate was much better at home than it wasn't that getting that's going to get called into question every single year I assume whenever the Houston Astros yeah. are good yeah of course it's going to I mean there's there is nothing to it like I mean genuinely nothing to it at this point I I don't listen cheating's not out of baseball because cheating is such a fundamental part of baseball that they're always going to come up with new ways to do it like that's just it's kind of the charm in an odd way of the sport. But the idea that there's some sort of sign stealing system in place that's being advantaged for the Houston Astros in particular. Nah, I mean, I, at this point, if there's cheating going on, it's on a completely different level in a completely different fashion. And we saw that earlier this year with the with the sticky stuff. And yeah, that's what I was about to, to say. Out- is that back or no? Is that gone? Are they still checking pitchers? And in- oh yeah, still checking pitchers in between every inning. I mean, it's it's there with some guys. Just like performance enhancing drugs are there with some guys. Just like there are some guys who are always going to try and game the system in some way because baseball for the longest time has encouraged that. And that's like the the most frustrating part to me 
of what the Astros did in the moment when it happened, it was wrong and it was bad, right? Like we can all acknowledge cheating in that way uh, to a felonious level like they did is bad for the sport and it's bad for you. But, but ultimately the fallout to me is that here we are four years after it happened, two years after it was reported and we're still talking about it. We're still paranoid about it. It still has infested the sport to the point where somebody who's a casual fan who doesn't watch much baseball, that's the first thing you think about. That's the first thing you ask about. It's the first thing you want to know about. And it's because of what the Astros, and yes, the Yankees with their Apple Watches and the Boston Red Sox with their... Were you just playing baseball, by the no, way? No, I had to put the bat down. <laughs> I <laughs> could tell. He was, I, yeah. I got my eye on you, Mac. Yeah, I, had I was going to join in. I was going to throw you a goddamn pitch no, right there. No, no, no. <laughs> I put... Big curveball. I want to let you know, I, I put the bat down because it looked like AJ was starting to step on the mound. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 so I, I actually... I saw it. Yeah, I stepped out of the batter's box. But it is fascinating. It is fascinating that it is the negative stuff that always gets chatted about in baseball, right? That is kind of how it's always been. The cheating scandal with the PEDs and uh, whatever else was happening during the home run, the most electrifying era. That goes all the way to Congress. And then this is going to be something that's going to be talked about. Just like the Black Sox thing is always going to be talked about. It's like baseball is riddled with negative stories forever. Feels like this Braves thing would be a good story, though, right? If the Braves I mean, were to win, this would be good. This is one of the original teams that everybody was a fan of because they're on TBS. They're at exactly it, right. even though Manfred, right, didn't didn't think of it as a national league. What a fucking idiot you yeah. guys got over there! <laughs> I mean, just an absolute piece of metal idiot over there. And you can't say it. I'll say it. The opinions of Jet do not necessarily reflect that of mine that says Manfred should not be in a position to be speaking for a billion-dollar league. I think we've proven that time and time again. But this Brave story seems to be good, right? This is They're back in prominence. This is good for all of baseball, right? It is, and it's shocking because Ronald Acuna Jr. is one of the five best players in baseball. Tore his ACL right before the All-Star break, trying to make a catch on the warning track and just landed wrong. And at that point, Atlanta was just sort of stuck in neutral. You know, they're supposed to be good coming into this year, and they were playing 500 baseball for first 90 games of the season. And it's like, okay, are they going to sell? No, they didn't sell. They went out and traded for Jock Peterson. Have you seen Jock Peterson, by the way, Pat? Young Jock, cuz? Love that dude. Have you seen what he's wearing? Yeah, of course. Fucking love him, dude. He's got the pit vipers on. Can, can, you, can you get, a, like, an actual pearl necklace and wear it? Oh, could, I, could I didn't you do know. that. Is that what he's wearing? Yeah, I thought it was wearing, pearl, a pearl, wearing a pearl necklace. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm wearing <laughs> pearl necklaces. Yeah, I, I didn't know. All right, go on, please. Yeah, oh, geez. you like wearing pearl necklaces. That was unbelievable. Uh, hey, pearls are very nice. Yeah, Remember, pearls are cool. Pearls are very nice. Those are like pearls. Pearls are great. Pearl necklaces is awesome, all right? I don't know if it's my <laughs> thing. I'm happy young Jock's got it. Good for him, dude. I love that guy. Jock Peterson, good, uh, good baseball player. So Jock, Jock Peterson goes there, and then they make a trade for – three more outfielders they completely remade their outfield on the fly and said you know what baseball's this sport where you don't need to be the best team to go and win a world series and atlanta came into the postseason with only 88 wins the fewest of any team in the postseason but 44 of those wins came in their last 66 games they finished strong they look great and now they got home field advantage and they're going to be heading back home with a chance to clinch the World Series at their uh, new ballpark. Ah, it's going to be insane down in Atlanta, I assume, if they're able to win. And, and, and I think the, f- the thing you just said 
kind of reiterates my point that baseball kind of stinks. You said the best team doesn't win or whatever. I mean, that is that is very fascinating. No, 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 no. But isn't that isn't that like part of the beauty of it? You don't go into the postseason knowing who's going to advance to the championship. You don't oh. think that. I mean, think about it. A hundred six win Dodger team that an eighty eight win Atlanta team beat, right? Like that's an incredible victory right there. And and you don't look at the World Series right now and say just because the Dodgers aren't in it. It's it's fundamentally demonstrably worse. I look at it like, damn, an underdog could win the championship this year. That's kind of rad. Like it's it's not going into the postseason with the NFL where if you got a team that's fourteen and two that's or or thirteen and three or fifteen and one, aren't Jet. they going to be the favorite? Isn't it going to be surprising if they lose? Jet AJ won a Super Bowl as a Jet. six seed. Jet, yeah, mm. Jet. Come on, we have underdogs all the time in our sport. That's why our sport is the best. Your sport stinks because you just said the entire season doesn't matter because <laughs> and anybody can win at any time. Nothing matters. One hundred and sixty-two games or whatever, none of it matters. That's what you just said, basically, right? Why don't we just have the World Series the first week of baseball? <laughs> is that an argument? Yes. Really? None it's, of it matters? Does it matter? You just said 88-win team just beating a 106-win team. I was like, well, who gives a fuck about any of the is wins? Is time then? real? Yeah, is time even real? <laughs> Joy, is it just who gets hot at the right time? Who gets cold at the right time? And yeah, how come the Pirates always stink? Because I heard there was like three Pirates in the World Series right now, maybe yeah. potentially doing well. Why is it just to some teams can get hot? Like this Houston team. They're just littered with guys that get hot at the right time, or their their team is deep. They have a deep bullpen. Is Atlanta have a couple good pitchers that that has carried them? How how and why is the underdog happening? Why does the regular season have to be 162 games? You think? First first off, the Pirates stink because you don't own them. Ah, so they would that's... stink more. I don't, I don't know baseball. I just said let's have the World Series opening week. <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right guy. I don't know if I'm the right guy. I don't know if I'm the right guy. But the owner does uh, stink. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the 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 baseball season is a test of stamina. It's a test of wills. But it's just, in the end, a lottery ticket, right? It just gets you into this postseason where you got five games and sometimes the best team isn't going to win a five-game series. And I think that's the difference between baseball and football. If you were to play 100 games with a 14-2 and two team against a you know, the Jaguars or whoever it is, how many times is that 14 and two team going to win? 99. Uh, I mean, Trevor Lawrence might get hot and urban Meyer too. I mean, oh, it depends yeah. on how many chop house visits we got in between there. Good point. Great I mean, point. maybe, maybe 10 wins, eight wins. He'll, he'll slip by uh, the, the 14 in, and two team. Yeah. In baseball, if you have a hundred win team and a 60 win team, the 60 win team is going to beat him probably 35 times. And so to, to me, it makes it a a very and I'm sorry I'm going to use this word that people are going to need to look up in the dictionary here. It's a very egalitarian sport. Jeez. It's a sport that uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah, listen, you invited me on. You know what you're getting here, Pat. This is not my fault. This is entirely yeah, your fault. yeah. I, I love it though. I might use it on Friday night and act like it's my my own. Egalitarian is like parody. Yeah, egalitarian is just something that's even and fair for all. And like when when Rafe Boogs comes out and he's ripping the guitar, I'm sorry, Rick Boogs comes out oh, and he's Rick, ripping the guitar. Boogs fixed it. <laughs> 
I didn't even know who you were talking you gotta, about. You gotta, I didn't even know you who you were talking about with how you bad you pronounce that. I did. No, there's someone on Twitter uh, who who's a basketball writer. I screwed that one up bad. Anyway, let's stop talking about wrestling. Let's get back on baseball. Yeah, baseball has its time to shine here in the World Series. Joe Buck's calling games. It's October. Things are happening. Uh, and we have Jet Passenger. Jet, you're always very good on the show. I'm like, you are good for baseball. Oh, I, yeah. I am a very open uh, speaker about how I have no idea how anybody can watch baseball. I have no clue how anybody can do it. I am incredibly proud of those who can. The stamina of the players over the 162-game season is also matched equally by the stamina of the fans who are able to watch those entire games. I have too much ADD, need too much action. I I played soccer growing up, couldn't even watch soccer either. So, I mean, it's just how I am. But every time you come on, I learn about what's going on. I appreciate it. Go ahead, Ty. Jed, I saw a tweet uh, that basically said it's possible that there would be a potential work stoppage around the time of the winter meetings uh was that just some guy talking out of his ass and if it is how will that affect the yankees offering carlos correa 400 million dollars <laughs> okay so yes there is very likely going to be a work stoppage now Whoa. we have yeah we have to understand though for that about 100 not, games or <laughs> no not all work stoppages are the same this is one because the collective bargaining agreement expires december 1st it's not really going to have any effect for about two months now, that gives the union and the league a two-month window to negotiate oh, some kind of a deal before go. spring training happens and so free agency can start. Because everything, and I mean everything, if there's a, a lockout, which is what it would be, everything's going to freeze. Now, you know what baseball free agency is typically like. It sucks. It takes four months. It gets dragged out. It's nothing like the NFL or the NBA, which has this incredible period of action and excitement, and you got dudes signing right and left, and it's great. We may, actu- we may actually get that in baseball this year. So uh, it's going to uh, it's going to be interesting. As for uh, the Yankees high, you want Correa or Seager? Which one? Ooh. I'd rather have Correa. And we'd also Why have that? Aaron Boone out the door. Yeah. Wow, that ain't going to happen. I mean, yeah, no, if it, if it came down to it, yeah, beheading Aaron Boone. And whoa, 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 whoa. From a figurative standpoint, yeah, of yeah, course. obviously. Or if you want to throw him in the East River, that works too. Whoa. Figuratively, of course. Probably a good swimmer. Jeez. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. He's a man. I don't know if Aaron Boone's nice a man swimmer. too. It's unbelievable. So, hey, um, Jet. Jet. <laughs> yeah? Baseball stinks, dude. <laughs> I mean, it is. I was literally trying. I was trying to... You know, do another uh, thing. It, 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 if they have a work stoppage, a lockout, just from being a, a part of one, a lockout from the owners were telling us we couldn't come to work. The owners were not paying us. The owners were the ones that weren't happy with whatever's going on. The owners were locking us out. But it was perceived as a strike by the fans. Yeah. And the fans hated the players, even though the players are much more relatable to the fans because the players are mostly all fans for some team at some point as opposed to the billionaire owners. And it only, the PR was very much against the players. If the well, M- well, Pat, 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 doesn't, doesn't that mean that we need to like actually talk about what's going on here to educate yeah. the fans? Sure. To, to make the fans understand that uh, you know, in this ideological war between the players and the owners, if you're rooting for the owners, you're rooting for laundry. If you're rooting for the players, you're rooting for people. And 
and and, and in the end, that was deep. I, laundry. I, I, what is the laundry? laundry. The, the uniform. <laughs> what is? Uh, yeah, Brian. Oh, that was fucking deep. You were talking about the uniform. I thought you were talking yeah. about like money being cleaned, laundering. Oh no, that would have been even better, actually. No, I'm not accusing anyone of money laundering on your show, Pat. I'm sorry. Right, you can't do that. You work at ESPN. Like, yeah, it's, true. Like, if we do that, we do that. It'd be like, yeah, those idiots over there. Yeah. yeah, those idiots over there potentially did that. But, yeah, I just – when the lockout happened for the players, I remember a lot of people turning on. And in hockey, the hockey had a lockout and it works out. It devastated the league for years and years, years when it came to yep. the fans who thought that both the players and the team turned their back on their loyalty, especially to a sport like baseball that is so miserable and hard to watch. The fans are like, all these years, I've wasted six, seven hours a day watching these games never end, and now you're going to stop because you guys can't figure out a money thing? Like, that is, I don't want to say... Baseball's already been punched, I think, a couple times, but that would be very tough. Hopefully they're able to get that done. And it seems like Rob Manfred's a guy that can really navigate those waters in a very good fashion, I assume. Well, we have one last question for you, Jet, here, before we have to get to a break. Uh, go ahead, Gumpy. Good to oh, see shit. you again, yeah. Jet. My goodness. The beard is looking very dyed these days. No! Oh, no! My God! That's not real, Jet. You know that. Um, yeah. I saw that you said uh, bunts didn't work, and then a bunt kind of helped the team win the game. Yeah. Are you going to change your mind on shitty averages and homers <laughs> win baseball games? Or Yeah. I, I'd like to congratulate you uh, on uh, essentially getting a hot chick for, like, one time in your life and thinking it's some sort of, like, trend here. Just because something happens once does not mean that it's good. Teams that have out-homered other teams in the playoffs are winning this year at a 900-something percentage. That's nine out of every ten. If you're telling me teams that go and bunt nine out of every ten times successfully are going to win, you're wrong. Uh, it's so actually just all a part of the game, It's all a part of the game. You can do both. <laughs> part of your garbage-ass old game. Antiquated. Oh! Oh! That you're a part of, Jet. Oh. Oh, boy. All right. oh, Hopefully, you can get a tailor for your pants, Jet. Get a tailor for your pants. This is getting ugly. We need you two to put your swords down. Where you find yeah. those wide leg pants. Jeez. Oh, Anyways, Listen, you two need to put... have room for a reason when you're packing heat. <laughs> Fired on here, oh, going to go. All right, you two, put your swords aside. Okay? Put the kids. You're two of the only baseball fans uh. on this earth. Need you not going after each other, ladies and gentlemen. ESPN, MLB insider and senior reporter, Jet Pass. Yeah, Jet. Can't thank all the guests enough for stopping by and giving us good conversation. I know they don't have to do that. The fact that they do, I'm thankful for it. Thank the boys for their incredible effort and. Not only on air, but behind the scenes. I appreciate the hell out of them. And to all of you that listen on a daily basis, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, if you like it, be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like this never, ever happened. You know, like, if you're thinking to yourself, well, that show stunk. I just wasted some time. I understand. Hey, to each their own. Just don't tell anybody about it. Just kind of go to sleep tonight and just forget about it and move on. But if you like this show, go ahead and tell everybody. All right. 
Hashtag end the pod squad because you made it to here. Go ahead and tweet a picture of where you are listening. You could potentially win some merch. Ty goes through there. And speaking of Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. We're back. Minana with a risk-free same-game parlay. Thursday night football Thursday. That should be riveting. Cheers.